0: You're listening to the Tabletop Bellhop Gaming Podcast, recorded July 17th, 2019. Episode 50, QCC 2019. We are joined by Deanna as the bellhop and she discuss their experiences at QCC 2019 in Buffalo, New York. Hello and welcome to the Tabletop Bellhop Gaming Podcast, episode QCC wrap-up, where we talk about the bellhop team's trip to Buffalo for Queen City Conquest. From Hamilton, Ontario, I'm Sean, and here with me, live and direct from Windsor, Ontario, the Tabletop Bellhop himself, Moti.
1: I am the Tabletop Bellhop, your cardboard concierge, answering your game and game night questions and striving to make everyone's gaming experience better. Let me put my years of game playing, event organizing, and game night hosting to use for you.
0: I would also like to welcome Deanna back to the show. You can usually find Deanna in our chat room as our moderator going by the name
1: Angie Games. Hey guys. Since both Deanna and I both attended QCC together last weekend and we mostly both did our own things at the con, I think it'd be, thought it would be worth having her on the show because we each have a different perspective on Queen City Conquest.
0: And finally, I'd like to say hi to everyone in the lobby here on Twitch. We start here live every Wednesday night at 9.30pm Eastern at twitch.tv tabletopbellhop and continue on even after the double bell ends the show for more Off the Books After Show.
1: Uh, For those of you who aren't here live, you can listen to that after show audio as well as audio from our front desk, the pre-show banter, by backing our Patreon.
0: As a thanks for supporting us, you also get other cool stuff like access to our private Discord channel where you can chat with us and other fans of the show, pre-production show notes, behind-the-scenes blog posts, and more.
1: We love interacting with our listeners and viewers. Each week, we're going to highlight some of our interactions with you fine folk. We'll share some feedback we've received, comments on our content, maybe some gaming discussions we've been part of. We want to share what people are saying, whether that's positive or negative.
0: We get better with your comments and suggestions, and if you'd like to let us know something about the show, send your feedback to mo at tabletopbellhop.com and or sean at tabletopbellhop.com. That's S-E-A-N
1: you can also hit us up on social media where we can be found everywhere as tabletop bellhop one word uh this week i kept this short because we know we're going to be talking a lot about qcc so i just have two comments that are in specifically about our five player game suggestion episode which is our last week so these are a couple things we got with some additional games we supposedly missed up first i've got phil he writes for an rpg i would have to say star trek adventures would be my top suggestion For board games, and the heaviest games would be Republic of Rome, Lewis and Clark, and Villainous. For medium-type games, Small World, Cosmic Encounter, though the new version may only play four, Wingspan. And for light games, Munchkin, Rhino Hero. But good list overall.
0: Well, thanks, Phil. Uh, I know Rhino Hero came up uh, a few weeks ago on our podcast, and uh, we had nothing but good things to say about it, uh, including the uh, expansion where you can actually make things even bigger and, and bolder. Uh, and uh, I know uh, Wingspan's hard to get your hands on, so <laughs> hey, good luck getting a copy, and you'll want to pack all the players in you can when you do get your hands on a copy.
1: Yeah, the Wingspan, check your local game store because... Uh twice now, I've walked into the local game store and they had copies. So, we just happened to be there and actually the last time we were at CG Realm I was playing with our friend Chad and we're sitting there and we were playing Tale to Walk and this goes back a couple weeks now. And Chad's like, oh, this is good, but know what I really want is Wingspan. And I'm like, why don't you buy it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I can't seem to find it online. I'm like, but Chad, just buy it. He's like, no, I've been trying. I can't find it. I'm like, Chad, turn around. It's right <laughs> there. Holy, they have Wingspan? And of course, he bought a copy and they had two, so. There you go. I don't know. You have any thoughts on these five-player games?
2: Alien Frontiers. Once we confirm that with the expansion, you can play Alien Frontiers. Terraforming Mars, of course, which you've already mentioned. The other stuff I thought of you've already mentioned, like uh, Imperial Assault. Yep. That's one that I like for Uh, RPGs, fantasy roleplay.
0: Now, Keith Davies writes, No mention mention of Valeria card kingdoms? Uh, I don't think we've played it with five, but there's no reason to think it wouldn't be totally acceptable. That would be. Not me.
1: Yeah, that's you. That's all part of the same comment from Keith oh, Davies.
0: Oh, sorry, that's all the same comment. Oh, okay.
1: That's that's all one comment from Keith Davies.
0: <laughs> We're going to try that again. So Keith Davies writes, No mention of Valeria Card Kingdoms. I admit I don't think I've played it with five, but I have no reason to think it wouldn't be totally acceptable. I have played Small World with five players, though. Apart from some shenanigans with Sorcerers, I was getting 20 plus points per round
1: with my Merchant Sorcerers. It worked quite well. Uh, thanks, Keith. The problem with Valeria isn't is that it has one of those dumb rules when you have a certain player count, and that rule is when you're at five. You're only supposed to use this rule at five. And what it is is that each player has a token. And I don't remember what it says, but it it gives you some kind of role. And what it is when it gets to your turn, you skip your turn. You do nothing. You don't play. And what it's there for is it's meant to stop people from building up too many resources in between your turn because four other people will go before you get to go. And in Valeria, you generate resources, whether it's your turn or not. So by having one of the players not roll the dice, it supposedly keeps that resource build lower, which I guess makes sense. But me, I have a problem with any mechanic that makes one of five players sit out every round. Like that's just lame. So that's why I don't recommend Valeria at five. Now, of course, you could house rule it and just throw that rule out. But rules as written, Valeria has a really dumb rule for playing five players. Now, Small World, the other game Keith mentioned, is really solid. I do like that at five, though, man, does the board get crowded. You're going to be going to decline a lot easier or a lot earlier at five players. So that's totally your call.
2: It's a problem we have with two player games. Anytime they have to modify the rules to make it fit a player count, it's going to suck. Just put four players on the box, why yeah. make it a five player game?
1: Yeah, I see Weird Morning starts correct me. They don't sit out, they just don't get resources. But it's the thing you get to do while the other people are playing, so you don't get to do it. So it's not that they miss a full turn, but it's it's the person who's resting that round. To me that's still enough of a hey, you don't get to play this round that I don't like it.
0: Too many options for players to check their phone and get distracted. Yeah. Alright, so before we move on, I want to thank everyone who comments, emails, replies, and engages with our uh, content online. We record the show live Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern on Twitch, and we encourage people to drop in and take part in our chat room in the lobby. Don't forget, if you're here live, we continue the show after the double bell, in an off-the-books after show, as well as some special features that might make it on YouTube. Some people are already chatting about, uh, well, Valeria, uh, spelling... Uh, <laughs> we got off on a little chat about, uh, Dune earlier on. And, uh, some people are complaining that they missed D&D. Teldrin's saying he hasn't had a game in a couple of years.
1: Ouch. Yeah, to be honest, I don't get to, except for cons, which we're gonna, it's, uh, by the end of this episode, it's gonna sound like I roleplay all the time. <laughs> I don't get a home game in that often anymore. There was some good chat. We already had some pre-chat about the con, because uh, a few of the people in the chat room actually are we're at the con which is pretty cool so what i want to know though is if anyone in the chat has any questions about qcc whether you were there or not uh be- since we both went it thought it'd be this is a good chance to almost do like an ask me anything about the con itself since that's our main topic today um as well as the people who were there please correct us if we mess up anything or if there's something we miss, or something we misunderstood it does happen
2: all right oh well boy and ask me anything about the con
1: yeah <laughs> why not
2: yeah okay so
0: uh, again, we're talking about that QCC tonight, so uh, we'll be back stopping in the lobby a few more times during the show, and I'll be uh, grabbing comments if I, as I see them come up in the chat room and throwing them into our notes, so feel free to uh, chat or ask questions. We are here to answer your game, gaming, or game night questions. You can send your questions to questions at tabletopbellhop.com or head over to tabletopbellhop.com and click on Ask the Bellhop.
1: Uh, social media, of course, works too. We're everywhere as Tabletop Bellhop 1 work. Now, the best way to get questions to us is to go through the website. That way they don't get lost or get missed. I'm not going to say no to a question asked anywhere. So, today that question
0: is, so how was Queen City Conquest? This past weekend, July 12th to 14th, Damon College in Amherst, New York, basically a suburb of Buffalo, hosted Queen City Conquest. This was a new date and a new venue for QCC. Going back to 2012, it was always held in September and downtown at the convention center. The people behind QCC were awesome enough to invite the entire bellhop team as guests this year, which is quite the honor. Sadly, I was personally unable to attend. This new July date just hasn't worked for my schedule, but we, uh, the rest of the team was able to make it down there.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, the September date was way better for us. Uh, Second week in July is really close to Origins and doesn't really give a lot of time for a budget refresh. And to be honest, if we weren't invited as guests this year, we probably wouldn't have been able to attend. I do prefer the old September timeline. And I do think there were some growing pains because of the move to a new venue and the move to a new date. It almost felt like a brand new con. Like besides people recognizing people I knew and it feeling like QCC because it was the same group of people, it didn't feel like the same QCC that we went to last year.
2: I needed to be in September because I need to stretch out my conflicts. Yeah. Now we don't have anything until March of next year. I've got nothing to look forward to.
1: There is that too. Plus, it, it also the last year when we saw like the Gem people in particular, the the Buffalo people that we know, it at Origins there was like this big break and then in September we got to see them again. Whereas this very much felt like. We just saw you guys a couple weeks ago, as well, we kind of did, which was cool, but it just would have been cooler to have that spaced out timing. So,
0: tell us about QCC.
1: All right, so I got a bunch of notes here, hoping that I didn't miss anything. You're going to have to elbow me or whatever and jump in to see if there's anything I missed. Um... The con, we went up on Thursday. So the con itself runs Friday to Sunday and doesn't actually open until noon on Friday. But there was a Thursday night get-together, pre-con get-together for special guests, VIPs, and people who wanted to buy a ticket to this. Which, actually, if you're going to QCC, I recommend buying a ticket to that special event. I think it's worth it. Um, On the way up, though, we took a look at our map, and because of the change in venue, it made more sense to cross the Lewiston. Queenston Bridge versus the Peace Bridge and it was a slightly different route and we talked to Sean ahead of time and said hey we're driving up your way why don't we get together for lunch and it works out that by going through the route we were going Sean's house is like right off the highway so it didn't even take us a lot of time so that was kind of cool so we stopped off for lunch in Hamilton I don't remember what time of the day it was like around one o'clock Sean had found a diner I I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head Oh no! You...
2: It's a darn yummy <laughs> yeah. diner.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I can't remember the name. It was really good. So we went. We went to this diner in Hamilton. Um, I had a really good skillet. I know you got the gyro that came in a bowl. That was a uh, impressive. And and the gyro. it's the broad, the, the Broadway, Broadway diner.
2: Before you could.
1: The Broadway diner. Broadway. Thank you. You
2: had to eat half the toppings off your gyro before you could
1: pick <laughs> it up. Yeah,
0: they, they really overload the 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 gyro. It, it's kind of one of those you could almost make yourself a gyro's poutine and have a gyro's as well. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, there you go. Yeah, it was pretty good. I, I was impressed. That was a good diner. That was a good call. I think we we probably, if we're ever up that way again, we'll have to hit that diner again. So yeah, we met with Sean. We talked shop. Um, We probably spent too much time talking. And then we got a text from Danielle in the chat room uh, about what time our reservations were for dinner. And our reservations were at 4.30. And at that point, we kind of panicked. Because <laughs> we're like, ooh, this isn't good. <laughs> this is going to take another hour and a half from where we're at. And at that time, it was about 3. So it worked out all right, though. So... Uh, We left from Hamilton. We took the 403, whatever. Uh, We did hit the Lewiston-Queenston Bridge, which I got to say was not nearly as nice as the Peace Bridge. Like, I don't know if people remember our wrap-up episode from last year, but we normally cross the border in Detroit, which is like something of a dystopian novel. Whereas you go to the Peace Bridge, and it's like literally butterflies and flowers, and people are being nice to you. Well, the Lewiston-Queenston Bridge was like in between the two. It, It was nice enough, but it wasn't like all pretty.
2: But our bridge now looks like it's going to fall down. And this one was nice and new and modern.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the the Ambassador Bridge in Windsor doesn't look like it's going to make it that much longer. But we'll see. I just hope I'm not on it when it finally collapses. Uh, But anyway, we cross the bridge again. I was very confused that there was no toll going over, which is just weird. I'm like, okay. Even though I Googled it and it said it cost five bucks, but I guess it cost five bucks going back. Only need
2: to get back to Canada. You can go to the um, States for free.
1: Then we went over the Grand Island and possibly broke some laws. So maybe people in the chat from Buffalo can explain this one to us. But we ended up on a toll road with no way to pay it because there were no toll booths. And they just take pictures of your your thing. And there's a thing on the side of the road that says, text this number. Well, with Canadian cell phones, you couldn't text that number. So we tried to call that number and it said invalid number. So I don't know if we got a bill coming in the mail (laughs) or we're going to get fined for using this toll road. I honestly have no idea where that's going to go.
2: At first, I wasn't going to do it. I didn't want to turn on my cell phone in the States. And then I'm like, well, I don't want to not pay the toll. So I turned it on specifically to do it. And it was like, nope, don't recognize it. Can't text it. Can't call it. Can't do anything with it. I'm like, I give up. I tried.
1: Um, I- I'm hoping we're Canadian and got away with it because we had Canadian plates. Whatever. Anyway, we'll see. We'll let you guys know if a bill shows up in the mail and suddenly owe $50 for driving through Grand Island. Uh, route was actually pretty good. Um, I have a GPS, it was not hard to find. Which was pretty cool. Um, I expected it to be more difficult. Now it wasn't quite like last year, where it was literally go over the peace bridge, get on the highway, take the first exit, and turn left. It was like the, this was a little more complicated, but it wasn't hard to find. Um, Damon College, the campus is beautiful. I got to say, really nice. bunch of low buildings look like something out of a, I don't know Dharma Project or something to me. Just had a certain look to it. It didn't have like the old buildings like we're used to seeing here at our universities. It looked like a much more modern facility. Um, check-in was just at a main building and this was the first cool thing I saw was there were an awful lot of Damon staff, Damon college staff that were doing work for the con. Which, I, like, they were doing work for the, the Damon College, but like, they was stuff for the con. Like, there were a lot of volunteers there, or students. I don't know if they're volunteers or students or if they were working. But, like, I didn't check in with someone from the con. I checked in with someone from the college who gave me my keys to the dorm room. And, like, there were people gi- giving directions and helping people with bags. And they were all, like, not con staff, but Damon College staff. So that was kind of cool, which I'm sure took a bit of the load off the, um, the con people um went to our room which one of the sweetest things of the entire con was literally our room in the convention hall were across a parking lot like there was like easily carrying two milk crates full of games between them
2: yeah like a three-minute walk
1: yeah like three-minute walk if that uh we were on the second floor which sucked carrying two milk crates for full of games and our luggage um rooms were nice enough i shared pictures on twitter you can see them there uh at the dorm it was a uh, four bedrooms around a central kitchen two bathrooms which I was surprised I didn't realize that each of the pairs had had their own bathroom with a shower um we did have blankets sheets pillows um towels, towels provided washcloths, washcloths no but soap. no soap which kind of sucked but thankfully we had brought some hand soap um my particular bed was really high up, which was kind of odd. I had to climb a ladder to get in it. Um, it looked like it was adjustable, but trust me, I tried. Maybe if I'd had hope and a hammer, I could have lowered it. Um, so that was interesting. I personally didn't find the beds that bad, but I know Deanna had a real hard time with uh, sleeping. I
2: did. I had a hard time. I I fell asleep fine, and then I'd wake up after about four hours because it felt like I'd been sleepy on the floor. I just don't do well with a stiff mattress, but yeah, for some people it's good. It was cool because the room had common area, you know, mm-hmm. like there was a little kitchen, and a seating area, we had a table, we could have played games there if we wanted, and then there was a common area to the floor yes. where we did end up meeting and playing with people. So having those common spaces available was very cool.
1: Yeah, overall, overall I was impressed. Like, it it worked well. Uh, the price was way better than we could have got for any hotel, and I was happy with what we got. Like, it, it worked well. We had a full kitchen. We didn't personally take advantage of it. I used the fridge to keep some cheese cold. That's about it. Um... No, it was nice. Like, I I was actually impressed by the rooms. I wasn't expecting it to be as nice as it was. Yes, the bed could have been a bit softer. Um, Pro tip, though, that I learned from Eric Boontz and his wife Noor, the WereGator, and uh, Noor the Ninjabi, is be smarter next year and bring a damn cot and save half the money. Because I don't know why we didn't think of that. Or just an inflatable mattress. Especially with how high my bed was, D could have slept <laughs> under me. Yes. Like, literally, you could have fit I a cot under a there. I could have put a
2: mattress under there.
1: Was so, so I think that's, assuming it's schools. at in College again next year, which so far it sounds like it probably will be. That's going to be my tip for next year, is if you're a couple, or even if you're not, like, bring cots. Right there was there was nothing to stop you from doing that and pr- trust me the cots were probably more comfortable than these beds. Um, an important thing there are lots of plugs. Uh, both of us have CPAP, BiPAP, whatever machines. There were plugs. There was lots of places to plug in our stuff to charge.
2: There was a desk. Uh, there was I a desk in the laptop. room. I got to sit there and work in between games. It was awesome. Yeah, so thumbs. cozy chair, cozy desk. Yeah.
1: thumbs up to the to the dorm room stay uh personally i didn't do the dorm life thing when i was in college but a bunch of the other people i met at the con were really digging the flashbacks they were getting from dorm life so it
0: sounds pretty similar to what we had what i had at uh, ryerson so setup wise, not
1: something i did I, I grew up within a 10 minute walk of the university so it just did not make any sense for my parents or myself to pay for me to stay in a dorm when i could walk to school every morning So after we checked in, we were not late. We met uh, Danielle, Major Kayla, in the chat, and her husband, Owen. Um, They were kind enough to offer us a ride to the the pre-con party. So thank you very much for that, Danielle. Um, There were other people that went with us to that. Um, Another group that had come out, someone we were sharing a room with, Jared Rasher. Uh, Ange was there. Victor. Was that it, or was there someone else? That might have been it. Owen danielle and victor and jared i think that was our group for dinner dinner. i think think that that was was our group for dinner two cars drove downtown uh bit of a drive so this is the one thing i have mixed feelings on this the venue for the party's awesome the party was awesome but it being that far from the con was kind of yeah like i it definitely would have been cooler if it was in walking distance at the
2: location last year (laughs) it was within walking distance this year it was like a half hour drive 20 minute
1: drive it was yeah it, it was a yeah about 20 minute drive or so um thankfully we had danielle driving who knew the area so it wasn't like hard to find or anything um you did have to pay to park to downtown because it's right downtown which it wasn't overly expensive but that, that was something i don't know if they could fix it i'll admit from what i saw around damon college i didn't see anywhere near there they could have done a similar party so um it was on the the pearl street brewery i think yes. yeah pearl street brewery which was um, same place as last year, just in the basement. They had the entire basement, tons of booths. This this is a pub. Like, this is wooden booths, wooden rafters, wooden pillars, wooden bar. Guy behind the bar dedicated just to us. Um, Tons of food this year. Um, Last year was more finger foods. They had real food out there this time. Um, That was cool. It's just Um, really
2: cozy. Like, there's tons of space to break up and play games or have little chats going on here and there. There's a pinball game.
1: I did jump ahead a bit. Uh, we did go for dinner at Sato Ramen, which is somewhere Deanna, Sean, and I had found last year. Uh, that was fantastic last year. This year was okay. I, I don't know. I don't know what was different. Either my I, my ramen palate has evolved more or it just wasn't quite as good this time. The beer was fantastic. The beer was just as good as I remembered, especially the green tea beer. That was really good. Uh, we got those fries, which I couldn't remember the name of. And like the first couple bites were good, and then it was just a bit overpowering. Mm-hmm. And the the ramen was just, it was good. It wasn't bad. Sato Ramen was okay.
2: The Rabbit in the Moon, that was the name of the
1: beer. Rabbit in the Moon, yeah, that beer was good. Sato Brewery, you just said it and I realized, Rabbit in the Moon. So, that that was okay. So, from Sato, we went to the VIP party, which, man, we didn't have to go to Sato. We could have ate at the VIP party. See, we, I didn't want to be the people who, like, they, they announced there would be appetizers. I didn't want to be the person who ate enough appetizers to have dinner, right? Though I think it would have been fine. Um, we got to try some Buffalo specialties. Uh, beef on Weck, which is a thing down there, though it wasn't on Weck. So I still have to try a beef on Weck that's actually on a Weck, which is a type of bun, a Kimmel Weck bun or something like that. Um, But man, that beef was something else.
2: So good. So good. And there was something called a chicken wing dip that was like they tore it. Yeah, they call it wing
1: dip. Wing dip. Chicken
2: wings and put it in a dip and that was good. And I wasn't even going to try it because it's not the kind of thing I usually dig. And that beef was amazing. Anything that comes out in a chafing dish, I'm highly leery of. And it was like a massive shaping dish of beef in au jus. And then you take it and put it on the bun, and your bun ends up all soggy. And it was so yummy.
1: I guess you're supposed to dip in the au jus too. That yeah, was something I learned later. So,
0: you put, um, out, you one put of... out chafing dishes at every
2: party. So, I'm concerned yes. saying that
0: you're concerned to see. All right. At a restaurant,
2: dishes. I am concerned. <laughs> at my own home, I'm like, that keeps the shit cold. So, I that keeps the things cold. So, I don't have to worry about keeping track on how long it's been sitting out on the table. And the meat and cheese is happy all night long. At a restaurant, it's a little different.
1: Yes. No, I get it. Totally fair. Uh, Shauna, you may be dropping frames. I see that going by in the chat. So I don't know if that's uh, you good see or not. Not on my one. end. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the, the on Weka, someone in the chat's mentioning that they're really salty. Yeah, it's just like certain types salt and I forget what the other, caraway seeds, I think is what's yes, supposed caraway to be. Caraway. Yeah. yeah, it's a thing. We never got to try it. Maybe next year. Um, Chris did notice it was the cheapest, most cost effective place. Totally fair. I get it. It's a great location. And it is a great location. I just wish it was closer to the con. I like to walk. (laughs) You know what? Oh, you don't pay per person. Nice. No, I get it. Totally legit. Um, Great food. Great place. Just wish it was a little closer to the actual con. Though we were able to get rides. There were plenty of people who weren't drinking, um, and there were ways to get rides.
2: So... The people that were there were all the guests were there, and anyone that bought a VIP badge, and, and you could also just buy a ticket for that event. Which, are, if you are going to QCC, I totally recommend yes. because the event was awesome.
1: You know, I recommend it. Assuming it doesn't sell out, like I, I recommend a VIP badge overall. Just support the con for one, well, yeah. uh, and you get a shirt and some other stuff. You get to register for events ahead of VIP time. VIP room,
2: which is you nice. get
1: the VIP room, which was nice. The not the first day, but we'll get to that. Um, so. One of the things that was very different this year than last year at the party, and a part of that, I think I wasn't the only one, last year was like, man, we should have brought games. And I think we brought Azul and that was it. Like we we should have brought games. And I think other people are thinking the same thing because Chris, one of the organizers who actually welcomed Chris to our chat, is in our chat room right now, did bring some games too. So there was gaming going on, which was cool. So it was neat to be able to hang out and talk to people and have some drinks, but we're all at a con, right? We're all gamers. It was even cooler to be able to game. Uh, So the first game I played is a game I swore I'd never play, but um, Jen convinced me to play Happy Salmon. Um, I don't know if anyone knows Happy Salmon, but it's a really, I'm gonna say it's stupid game, where you flip down cards and have to do a physical thing with another person who flips up the same action, and if you're able to do that physical thing, you both discard your cards, and whoever gets rid of all the cards first wins, and the things are like high-fiving, Happy slamming, which is this, like, rip-slap thing, swapping spots, or, uh, the bro-fist, I think, are the four different actions. First person to play all their cards wins. Um... I'm a happy salmon master. I used my supreme art of tactics and strategy to totally plan out the order. I would play my cards randomly and was able to dominate everyone with my superior intellect and happy salmon. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a stupid fun game. Uh, not something i feel the need to own and i really don't appreciate when people play it when other people are trying to play serious games around you but you know what we were at a pub first oh, game of the there night was
2: space for it there was space they had to for move. it they couldn't do it in the original spot because you. well you they know, wanted they, they wanted to play game. it and they were going to play it with a pole right there and they all have to jump around the table yeah they set up
1: the game next to a pole i'm like that's not good i'm like i'm not playing this because someone's gonna get switch and walk into that pole boom <laughs> i would have done. lost
2: a large bet Um, The fact that I didn't think you would ever play Happy Salmon.
1: Yeah, (laughs) see, Jen got me to play Happy Salmon. And technically she still owes me a beer because that was the bribe that got me to play and I never got that beer. But I have played Happy Salmon, so that's one I can tick off my list. It's been done. Um, I do have a recommendation, I guess, for the listeners. If you are in Buffalo, you want to get a beef on WEC at Charlie the Butcher's. Maybe we can fit that in next year, assuming we do go next year. Uh, Next, Everyone started showing up. We're drinking some beers. I broke out Gizmos. Uh, we played that four players. Uh, just as good as ever. Um, it was two new players. Game went well. I don't I know. I was falling
2: know. asleep while we were playing. Yeah. I couldn't keep my eyes open. It was so embarrassing. I was like, needed to switch to coffee.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> oh, that was something worth noting. Actually, all coffee and non alcoholic beverages were free.
2: Yes. So that was at another the, added bonus. Party. Yeah.
1: At the added times um happy salmon we played we had a question was it played without talking that might have been more interesting we were very loud <laughs> it's, it's kind of what it is i have not tried without talking it would i guess you could because it'd be all gestures or pointing at your card
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, now we have to go back next year, so Jen can buy him a beer. There we go. Yep. She's totally apologizing. In She's the apologizing
1: chat room. in the chat room for those of you who can't see this. It's all good. Just using gestures. I could see playing happy. Say. At least it wouldn't be disrupting to everyone around you. Anyway, happy salmon was all right. Gizmos we played, yeah. Deanna was falling asleep. She needed some coffee. I went over really well. Um, I cannot remember who we played it with. I can't remember her name. Mm. I'm terrible for this. I'm oh. sorry. I'm oh, bad for I'm names. So bad. We also played with Owen, but I cannot remember the other woman who we played with. Um, it was a learning game for them. They all dug it. Um, I think Got she it. really liked it, actually. Yes.
2: I think she was one of the organizers. She yeah, had she a was. Shirt.
1: Yeah, she was involved in the con. She was taking tickets the first not day. The name. And i'm okay. drawing a blank sorry my bad uh anyway gizmos went over well. uh always does good for this type of thing uh up next i broke out my most popular game of 2019 haba's game for four years old and older that is go Cuckoo, which yet again managed to impress and wow people and i think we played three games in a row and we started off with three players and other people came in it might have been cindy it definitely wasn't Effie. might have been cindy Anyway, Go Cuckoo, uh, reverse pickup sticks, trying to get your marbles, your, your marble like eggs to stick into the nest you're building. I love this game. Fantastic dexterity based game. Uh, should be just for kids, but man, so much I fun want, with adults.
2: I want to be cranky about this game. Like, yeah. I hate dex games, and it's actually fun. And I saw other people have that because I, you know, come play this reverse pickup stick thing. And they're like, okay. And then by the end, they're like, this is great. <laughs>
0: It is the only dexterity game I've ever seen, the
2: excited yeah. about. It's actually fun. And there's actually... Oops. You can make moves to kind of screw other people. You can actually think ahead. You can do somewhat tactical things. It's not just random garbage.
1: Uh, next game I saw played, well, that we played, uh, was Chris showed you how to play Planet.
2: That game was so good. It was so good. Um... So, I worry when I see a game that has like this neat mechanic of it's you have a planet and there's magnetic tiles that go on it, and that could just be it. That looks cool, and maybe that'll get people's attention, and you know, there's nothing going on there. But it is such a solid game. Moha tried it at Breakout Con and it got, was raving yeah. about it. So, I when they pulled it out, I basically jumped at the table and was like, I must play, show me now. So, I dug it.
1: Yeah, it looked really good. I, it looked as good as I remember. I, I have to find a copy of this game at some point. Really digging Planet. Uh big thumbs up for that one. Um, last game we played at the actual event was you had brought our daughter's copy of Quirkle Cubes. Yep. Uh we played a three-player game of that, keeping score on our um on your phone. Yeah. Uh, Quirkle Cubes is Quirkle but with cubes. So. The thing I like about Quirkle Cubes is sometimes in Quirkle you get a bad hand and all you can play is one tile and score maybe two or four points. Well, whenever you have a bad hand in Quirkle Cubes, you can re-roll all the rest of your dice and it tends to be... Uh, you'll tend to get better scores with it. Now, the scores are overall higher for everyone, but I like having more options. I know you've been kind of...
2: I'm on the fence. I think I might actually prefer the original Quirkle. And, like, they put out a travel edition, and I see no reason why they should even publish the regular edition of Quirkle anymore, because the travel edition is, like, it's still wooden tiles, and it's nice and small, and takes up less space, and it, it should just it's awesome i need to play that again after having played Quirkle cubes a couple times now the push your luck element i might actually prefer it without it
1: fair enough uh the rest of the event was good like the vip night i still I, everyone should either if they can get the vip badge or pay the the 30 bucks i think it was this year i don't know it'll be the same price to attend next year i think it's well worth it um great people great company lots of talking
2: Peeps and Peeps is suggesting laminated scorecards for Quirkle, and that's brilliant.
1: No, mm-hmm. oh, that is good. That is a good call, because then you can just use dry erase. Sorry, I guess it was 35 bucks for the it for tonight. Well worth it. Uh, you get to try Beef on Whack. They have fantastic local craft beers there. Many of them brewed right there. I had a seasonal beer that was um, Nutella, which people may want to try. I personally got to say, <laughs> But <laughs> it was definitely interesting. Um, well worth going to. So then everything kind of wrapped up, and here is the other big bonus to having those dorm rooms: is the party moved back to our dorm, which was pretty cool. Not the whole party, but we had uh, eight, six to eight people, eight people, I think, I think it was. It was eight. I think it was eight people come back to our room at um whatever a dorm room 56 and as Deanna mentioned there was like a common area on the upstairs and there was a table there and some couches and we grabbed that table and we everyone grabbed chairs and people kicked their shoes off and I think some people grabbed some drinks I don't know we all sat down and played some more games uh, at this point it was around 10:30 at night so it was pretty late but not that late but we just kept going uh we started off with a game of bonanza Uh, which we've talked about on the show before. Last time we played was my birthday party. Great game for a large group of people. Um, I think only three of us out of the group had played it before and took a little bit to get everyone to get it. But I think by now everyone's got it drilled in their head. Play a card, maybe play your second card, put up two cards to trade. Like we said it so many times. uh, We had a great time playing that. That was one of the most fun games of bananas uh, I've had, like ever. It stands
2: the test of time. Like we've done that at public play events so many times. People picked up on it really quick and it was super fun and even though i think the box says seven max yeah
1: i think technically we we're eight playing eight nine, one more
2: i know we've done it before and uh, yeah no it was super fun Yep,
1: that went really well um jen is now the queen of wax um which is a title she earned that night <laughs> uh go cuckoo was played next yet again it came out again uh, at this point deanna checked out she went to bed um i kept going with uh i think we were down to six people at that point played some more goku uh again went over well everyone seems to love that game um again jen well, once at this point this Jen is jen adcock the queen of at- wax um jen adcock was uh we have a rather good picture if you follow my social media of intense concentration of her playing gokuku you guys
2: were taking goku very seriously yes. as far as i can tell from that photo
1: yeah so again, more Go Cuckoo. Love it. That game, I don't know. It just keeps giving. Uh, we finished off the night with a game I felt I had to bring being in Buffalo. And that was New York Slice, which is a really good I split you choose pizza game where you're trying to collect slices of pizza. Uh, we played with the max player count six and I gotta say after playing it with six, I don't think it's that great with six. Just, you can only split the pizza so many ways. There's no big slices when you're playing with six people. Uh, it it didn't, it, it worked like we played. I, I think everyone had fun, but we more had fun because it was a group of us having fun together than the fact And New York slice happened to be happening. Um, the, had some fun with the specials uh that game's okay Uh, i personally think it's better with four or five but i just thought it was thematic right i'm going to new york i'm gonna bring the new york pizza game and we're gonna play that uh so that was the final game of the first night
2: yeah we got in that much gaming before the con even started (laughs) yeah at at this point
1: here's why you want to buy the vip pass right like look at all the gaming we already got in and the con hadn't officially started so sean you've been watching the chat a little closer than the rest of us Is there anything we missed no, I think we've
0: uh, we've we've covered everything pretty much. Everyone seems uh, happy with Cuckoo uh, and uh, uh, well, we are we we did cover Jen's apology in depth. Uh, I, I think uh, we can game. we can we, we can hit her up at uh, Breakout next year. If,
1: uh, there we go. If we can find beer at Breakout next year, because yeah, well, man, be- that, yeah, that's that's hard to do. That, we yeah. struck out on that this year. That On was Saint another Patrick's thing worth... Patrick's
2: Day, no beer. I don't even know. Yeah,
1: that's another thing worth knowing. This was not like a big drinking con. I know some people think different cons are... Uh, for me, Origins. That's uh, the after parties at Origins. The end of the night, you tend to end up at a bar somewhere. This was the drinking night, right? Like, this was the, the party where people were having adult beverages. Most of the rest of the nights, yeah, some people had some stuff back of their dorm rooms. But overall, it wasn't like we all headed out to a bar. That was all Thursday night before the con actually started. Uh, So Friday morning, we needed to find some breakfast on the way in. We had spotted a bagel place. Um, Major Kayla, Danielle, had pointed out a bagel place on the corner. I was within walking distance, but we took the car just because I was being lazy. Um, Man, it was good. Uh, Bagels in New York are a thing, right? Uh, Just kind of like Montreal, bagels are a thing. New York bagels are a thing. Bagel J's, as far as I could tell from the locals, seemed to think this was a good example of New York-style bagels. You could get them. There was, I don't know, 12 to 20 different flavors to pick from. And then they didn't call it cream cheese. They called it schmears. Yeah, you could get a variety of of different schmears. Um, I got a bagel with egg, cheese, and bacon on it, everything bagel. It was salty, a little too salty for my taste, but rather good. Um, well, there was definitely. Was I mean, different. I'm looking
0: at the picture of it right now. There's rock salt on that bagel. Yes, yeah, so, yeah.
1: it, it was salty. It was definitely a salty it, one. It, it maybe it was similar to an on whack. I'm not sure, but it, it, that was a, that was a quite extreme. Everything bagel like that was a little bit more than than my it, personal preference. It
0: does look good, though. I can
1: say it, it, it really was good. Like it was just.
2: I liked it enough. I made you take me back there so I could get it again the next day. Yeah,
1: we're, we're, you're going to you're <laughs> gonna hear more about Bagel J's later. So we hit up Bagel J's. Coffee was decent. D got the dark roast. I got the light roast. Oddly, or medium roast. Oddly enough, I preferred the dark, which I didn't find out till the next day. Um, I, it was okay. We brought the coffee back. Um, we registered for the con, painless, most of the week. Um, they had everything really well organized. Things were set up great. Um, the actual con, so you went into the main Damon Hall, and the of the con was upstairs so you went in there was someone at a desk there were signs everything was easy to find you went upstairs and was two huge rooms one that was obviously the cafeteria normally for the students but all of the cafeteria stuff was like walled off with curtains and stuff so it's just a ton of tables um great pictures online if you go to the group Sean Gilgore shared a video of it leading up to it that actually really showed off really well bunch of big round perfect size tables and then some smaller three by six tables um vendors along the one wall um i totally gonna forget iron buffalo games maybe i'm gonna forget his name there's the guy who had the board game that library was iron that buffalo was an iron games buffalo was around
2: the corner they were the big sponsor with the giant
1: right sorry they were around the corner
2: dragon right
1: yeah they had the dragon correct so,
2: me people
1: well the casual go. dragon casual dragons hey, sorry Casual same Dragon Games was there, same person as last year who was running the board game area. Fairly large board game collection, but I, I'm going to be a bit snobbish here. To me, it seemed like it was mostly second and third rate games. Like there was no Azul, there was no Wingspan, there was no Terraforming Mars. Um, there was Role Player, which is pretty good, but like it just it was it wasn't the top tier games in my opinion. But there was a lot of them. There were a lot of options. Um, Wasn't the best board game collection I've seen, but it was still significantly large and there were lots of games to choose from. So mixed thoughts on that. I was personally glad I brought some of my own games. Heck yeah. Um, Again, registration went smooth. Um, They used wristbands, which works. I was a little disappointed there were no actual badges, but that's not because I wanted a badge. I just really like name tags because I suck at names. Like I really suck at names and I really like to be able to talk to someone and glance down and be like, yes, Emmett, hey, how's it going? We couldn't do that. Um, I would have preferred that. So one thing I'm going to remember next year is to pack my Origins badge so that I can just at least have my own in there. But it would have been nice if people had badges. Um, we had a big snafu with food, um, but that's all on me and I have no idea what we did. Um, I have no idea. Deanna was there. When we were on tabletop events, when we were in the merch section, when we picked out what meals we we're going to eat, we had a big debate about the 2am taco bar and somehow when we got to the con, I did not buy food tickets. I don't know. I, he, I honestly don't know what I clicked wrong. the
2: room for two of us. As far as I know, you purchased the food just for you. I didn't have my badge yet. I was going to sort it out later. I got my badge, never purchased my food. So then I went, eh, only Mo has food. I packed stuff for myself. I was going to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and whatever. And I'm like, it's good because we got a little dorm room. It'll work, right? So I brought lots of snackies and Mo's going to have the food. And then we get there and they're like, you have no meal tickets. I stood behind him and watched him check out. I'm like, I have no idea.
1: Yeah, I don't but,
2: know. But,
1: yeah. Not their fault. This no, is nothing totally, on the con. Totally. This I is... just
2: have no clue how we screwed it up. This None. is us.
1: I don't know what we did. <laughs> um, So we did not get to, to try the food. Um, Well, the food, they they had... What do you call it? A meal plan. That's the word I'm looking for. They had a meal plan. We thought we had bought in on the meal plan, and it ends up we did not. Which, actually, on the way there, I was like, man, they keep talking about refunds for breakfast. I never got a refund. Well, I never bought the thing in the first place. Not enough people
2: purchased a meal plan for them to have breakfast, so they canceled the breakfast meals and refunded it. Yeah. So I don't know if they're going to do the meal plan again next year or not, but it's a cool option. It is a nice option. You know, you wouldn't have to leave. The food was right there in the gaming room, because there was some concern over whether or not there'd be time to go get meals. The food was right there. And it look like it worked well for people that
1: did yeah, it. Yeah, for people who did it, it look good. Um personally I Portions seem small for me, but I'm a big dude who likes food. Um, So I probably would have had to have kind bars in that. Uh, The price was reasonable, though. The food that I saw people eating looked good. Uh, But it was literally right there. Like, I was playing a game, and people were like, oh, food tickets are ready, and they would just walk out of the room and come back with this little black plate full of food and eat while we were playing, which was perfectly fine, perfectly cool. Um, I don't think there were any issues with... Like, they made sure, I think, everything was... um, popular allergy safe, I think is a way to word it. Like, I don't think there were any nuts or anything like that. Like, there were no concerns where people had like, oh, don't bring that back to the table. It looked good.
2: I did think later about the fact that I was like, I'm going to eat all peanut butter sandwiches all weekend. Hey, wait, that might not be the best choice.
1: So anyway, uh, it seemed to go good. Uh, we forgot to buy food. Um, there was the main dining hall. And then there was another room that had a stage on it. The stage had uh, that was uh, Danielle major Kayla's domain, her lair, where she had her ridiculously huge number of items for their charity event, which was not extra life. I think it was child's play. I'm sure she'll correct me in the chat, but it was a charity game charity auction. And please thank you everyone who was behind that for doing a silent auction this year Uh, for anyone who went to QCC last year, we learned just how loud an auction can be and how disruptive it can be. By having a silent auction, all of that was gone. Very cool. Though I do admit, the last hour when it was ending, I was in the middle of a game and everyone had to quit the game to go double-check their bids. So that part, but compared to the auction running over time and trying to go on while people are gaming and people talking over each other this was still way better um the only thing i would do different as a suggestion next year is make sure it ends at a time where there's no game slots like if if there's a way to time it so that you know like the last slot of the day is at six o'clock the auction ends at 6 15 right just to try to fit it in there but i don't even know if that's possible because i know you guys let you folk let people schedule their own events
0: It is already been um, talked there, about apparently
1: there we go, um, uh, yeah. It was child's play, so perfect.
2: The only thing I thought for the auction is I didn't know it was going to end at that time. I, for some reason, thought it went till Sunday.
1: Oh, I knew. So, and
2: I happened to come in, and I could hear. Chris's very loud voice saying something as I was coming up the stairs. I went, that's weird. I could hear Chris talking as I was coming up the stairs and you're like, they just announced that it's yeah. that it's five minutes a thing. So, I don't know. I, I missed it. Maybe it was obvious. I wasn't upset about it. I had already decided I had bid on a couple things and if I got outbid, I was going to walk because I didn't have money to spend. But should be more obvious. The yeah. selection was amazing. It was Science. absolutely amazing and everything was so smooth with the silent auction the way it was set up and the way it was up on the stage and kind of out of the way. Mm-hmm. No, it was just it was brilliant. It was really well
1: done. Yeah, I was impressed. It definitely way better than than what we saw last year. Uh plus I think they raised over $2000 so congratulations danielle and your team for that. Uh so vendors were also in that room. So there was the the one store in the the dining room but on the side room were a bunch of vendors going on the outside edge there was some neat stuff tons of dice pins geeky stuff um one of the cooler things were um music boxes but they were doing geeky things so andy bought a sailor moon music box that did the sailor Moon theme there was one that did the star wars march and i'm like that's kind of cool uh that was neat Um, miniatures um, I didn't do a lot of shopping. There were there was stores selling games, RPGs, Funko Pops, all the stuff you'd expect, but like it was more than last year. There was a, a I would say a significant number of vendors. Like it, it it wrapped around this room. There there was a there was a pretty good number of people. I didn't count, probably ten vendors. Maybe more, maybe less. Uh, there were some comic books. Oh, good. I think geeky some of them stuff. might have
2: had more than one table, so it wasn't obvious necessarily where one I'm not sure how many. But it filled the room. There was a good selection of stuff.
1: Yeah, so it was impressive. More more vendors than last year. I was happy with that. I would have liked to have seen Jim Love's games, but he couldn't make it out due to the change in time. I spent a lot of money at his booth last year. He That's had a ton of awesome of indie stuff. Indie yeah. stuff. Uh, most of the RPGs I did see were, were more mainstream stuff. Um no, it was good. The, the vendor seemed good. There was a paint and take area put on by Reaper Miniatures. Or I don't, I, don't, I assume Reaper sponsored it because there were Reaper signage all over it. That was really popular. I kept meaning to do it and I never got around to doing it. They had pre-pined miniatures, teach you to paint. Uh, they had some nice things I'd never seen a thing with. They had a little tiny hairdryer. Which I'm like, that's awesome. A little heat gun. I'm like, that's brilliant. Oh,
2: I didn't see that. Yeah, that's that was brilliant. cool. So you can dry it quickly. So and you could dry it, it quickly
1: you? and be able to take it oh, with you. That's awesome. That was cool. Uh, I wish I had gotten a chance <clears> to take that out. Uh, that room was all round tables. One thing that disturbed me just because I was used to playing in the other room is the chairs were about two inches shorter. And if you didn't notice that the first time you sat down, Shrinking. that was a little, you know, like, it just <laughs> felt weird, but like you get used to it quickly. Um, the other thing that was at the con is there was a room downstairs where I don't know if these were what games were scheduled in it to me it seemed like these were the rooms where guests were running their games but i'm not certain but they had a, a room with three or four tables in it that was separate from the main hall. I, I know people who played games in there. I didn't play anything in there. And next to that was the VIP room. And now this is the other reason I strongly recommend getting a VIP is sometimes you need a quiet space. Sometimes you need some food and sometimes you just want to chat. And that's everything you can get out of the VIP room. And they had snacks in there. They had a Keurig in there. They had coffee. Um, someone had brought in donuts. I was complaining about how much weight I gained on the weekend. I totally forgot about those donuts. My God, Someone called them Timbits, and they should be slapped because Tim Horton's, like, nowhere near these donut holes. Like, these were amazing. I cannot remember the name of the company. Maybe someone in the chat will mention it. But, man, those were some of the best donuts I've ever had. Um, There were juicies, like, fruit juicies. Bananas. Juices, bananas and apples, apples and
2: oranges. And coffee. There we go. Every,
1: everyone in the chat's like, Paula's, coffee. Paula's, Paula's. And, yes, the
2: donuts were yes. amazing.
1: Paula's Donuts. My God. they, they For locals, they beat out Steimars. Like, the, those were donuts. Man. Those were good. Um... It was good. Uh, the problem was the first day it was freezing in those rooms and well, I didn't pack a jacket and it was almost intolerably cold in the VIP room in the room next to it. Now I did learn from Danielle who's in the chat room uh, that they didn't realize they could change the temperature in the room and it was set to 54. So it was really cold. Um, it was not not pleasant to be in those rooms for long now that was realized by the end of the day and they, and fixed, they it. fixed it but man but yeah, it was so cool i went
2: in there friday afternoon i grabbed a coffee and i'm like i'm gonna sit in here i'm so not gonna sit in here what is wrong with me i am freezing but we, we left windsor and it was like 110 well, and then we we got to buffalo and it was a nice balmy spring day mm-hmm. and i didn't bring the layers i needed even minus the the frigid room. But yeah, so I didn't hang out in the VIP room because yeah, it was a so nice box.
1: We, we didn't take much advantage of it the first day. Except they grabbed coffee. Uh, just being able to grab coffee whenever I want was really nice. Um, up next, we played some games. Went upstairs. We've now checked in. I, I will admit, the con was very lightly attended on Friday. That's, that's about... All I can say about that, there were not a lot of people there, unfortunately. Well, it's, and that, uh,
0: that's often common. I mean, those, Friday, those first days are generally, you know, you get the set-up people and you get the, the out-of-town people, but the rest yeah. of the people are working. So, you yeah. know, there's only so many people who are going to be there on those, those Friday uh, in, initial days. It's really more for the out-of-town people more than anything.
1: No, I agree. Plus, it was true that later on in the night, it got busier. So at this point, like the con opened at noon. So this is like, we're talking 1231 o'clock at this point. So if you did have to work, you were still at work. Um, so I was going to run a game of tail to walk in. We got it set up. And then Deanna and I grabbed the table in the open gaming area. So again, thanks for having an open gaming area. Okay. And what I liked is everything had signs on it. There were nice signs that said open gaming area. Now they weren't large. They were just like uh, tri-fold table tents sitting out which but is cool
2: you weren't but you knew yeah, spot. yeah you knew
1: you weren't stealing someone's table so that was cool i did appreciate that um and we broke out sorcerer from white wizard games we still have not quite finished a damn game of this we keep getting so close I had you. that's
2: twice i don't know no, this one twice was now, close. i won by proxy i uh, swear
1: i don't i had a chance on this one we were down to the last battle zone this wasn't like the other game where like i had 40 points i'm um, still really digging this game um Again, this is a White Wizard game. It's a a Magic the Gathering-style game where you're dueling another player. Instead of trying to attack them, you're fighting over three different zones of London. Very neat. Um... One of the cool things is a smash-up-like mechanic where you pick your character, you pick your domain, and you pick your lineage, and each of those gives you a different deck you mash together to be your grimoire. Um, I keep trying different things every time we play, and it's really cool to see how they're all different, and I really liked the guy I played this time, which was the Necromancer. It was all about playing with my graveyard, which is your discard pile. It was all about getting monsters into the graveyard and resurrecting them and making zombies, which was really cool.
2: The game has a lot of moving parts. And with the smash-up component, like, the game mastery for that is going to be... Uh, there's a heck of a learning curve. Because oh, yeah. every time you grab it, you're like, well, now I'm playing a new set of cards that I've never seen before, and that's unique. you know. And yours with the... If I kill your thing, now it's in the graveyard, and you can take it out for free, and that's yes. not a bonus. I'm like, yeah. hmm, this is... Yeah, you didn't want to, to kill uh,
1: my zombies, yeah. most likely. But then once I got the lich out and all the zombies got bonuses, you're like, oh, I better kill them. It is yeah, a it was really
2: some... solid game. Yeah. yeah,
1: Really impressed by that so far, though we still haven't finished a game, because here we are playing, and there's set setup, like, not far away. Like, literally the next table over, and I'm like, huh, no one's there yet. Okay, I guess we keep playing Sorcerer. Oh, my game starts in five minutes no one's there yet i guess we keep playing sorcerer okay now my game should have started no one's there well let's keep playing sorcerer okay now it's like five minutes after what's going on okay here was a problem here's something i'm sure everyone involved in the con has already heard but if you're gonna number your tables dr1 to dr20 don't name the board game tables dr01 to dr09 because people who were supposed to be at table dr06 where i'm running table to walk in are instead at table dr6 so that was a bit of an issue um thankfully i did find my players um Unfortunately, the person who was about to DM the game there was really disappointed when I took 3 of his players away. <laughs> <laughs> but I did find them. They were sitting at DR6 instead of DR06. So just quick suggestion if you're going to name them like that just do DR A B C D E for the board game tables and 01 to 20 for the RPG tables. But anyway, I don't know who Make numbered them the colors, tables
2: dragons, or whatever. do dif-
1: whatever, <laughs> need colors, d- I don't know, something. But we found my players, so that was cool. We found them. Uh, played Tail to Walking. Uh, my god, that game needs to be on a computer. Like, I, I feel bad. Here I am teaching the game at a con, and I've played it five times, and I've watched videos, and I know the game well, and still at least three times we're like, oh, shoot, wait, I forgot. Back on my turn. I should have grabbed the wood, and because I built the temple, I should have went up to on this track. Is it okay if I do it? Like, that kept happening. There's just too many little moving parts in that game.
2: I helped you set it up. And it was crazy, because we, we were doing the the preset, yes. uh, and it's a two-player setup that took 10 minutes for us to set it up. I'm yeah. like, this needs to be a computer game.
1: Yeah, like, it just <clears throat> there's too many little things to track and too easy to forget. Thankfully, the players I played with were all very forgiving and all just there to have a good time. No one was taking it too seriously, and everyone was perfectly cool with, oh, yeah, yeah, take the wood you forgot on your turn um we did set it up that way as i say when i teach any game i am here to play i'm going to play to win but i don't care who wins and lose this isn't a competition we're just here to have fun and that's we set up that expectation so uh for those of you who know role-playing terms you should always do a session zero before your board game and set those expectations before you start and thankfully i did that everyone accepted it so we were all cool with it everyone loved the game everyone had a good time playing it i got a lot of thanks for teaching it because it's not an easy game um one of the players who was there was literally there owned the game had watched videos couldn't figure it out so signed up to play to learn so that was kind of cool they're like i've heard you're good at teaching games and i'm like that was cool praise for me too so Teo to went over really well what were you doing
2: i cut out for a bit i had uh i i was chatting with people they all had games starting at two I was gonna go hang out in the VIP room. It was an ice box. I couldn't bring the schedule up on my phone, like my own fault because I hadn't set it up beforehand and couldn't remember my password. so I'm like, that's it. I'm gonna go back to the hotel to the hotel room, to the dorm room. So I went back, had my peanut butter sandwich. I hung out worked on the computer. But for me, this is my con tip. like cutting out and having lots of downtime on my own makes me a happier, better person because I like. Everyone there was awesome, but I can only handle people in small quantities because I'm not a people person. So for me, I'm like, this is great. It's so close to go back to the room. I'm going to work for a couple hours, and then I'm going to go play an RPG. You know, And that was like awesome. I've decided that's the best way to do the days for me instead of trying to just play games the whole time and then get burnt out a day mm-hmm. and a half in. So that's what I did. And then at 8 o'clock, I had a, a Tales from the Loop game with Ange running it, which was super amazing. Uh, it was super fun. I decided I'm trying to work my way around the table and play all the pre-gen characters because I've been Chris, the um, the techie geek kid, mm-hmm. and I have played Sean, the popular kid. And then later in the weekend, I played, um, oh goodness, I just forgot her name. Thank you, Clover, who is the, the quirky weirdo. And so I'm. I I need to collect the other three now. I need to. Uh, I need to play the rock star yeah. and and the trouble the troublemaker and. Uh, you haven't the, done Jack
1: either. I don't think.
2: Well, Jack. Jack is the troublemaker. Dante's no. the rock star. And what's the other one? Because there's six total.
1: No, no. Jack's the jock. Sean's the popular kid. Jack. Karen's a jock.
2: Karen's the a jock. jock. Oh, there you go. Yep. Sorry. So I didn't. didn't the whole reason I ended up playing Sean is because I didn't want to play a jock. I was like. I don't care like I don't care if I'm playing a girl or a guy, but I don't wanna to have to know about sports ball. This is gonna <laughs> go bad. So I ended up playing the popular kid, which was described as like Ferris Bueller and I went, Oh, I'm kinda nervous about this, but it played out okay. It was super fun. I just ended up being kind of like the team cheerleader. I'm mm. like, I know your skill set, you're good at this, you can do it. Um, so I mean and I had a group of people at the table at the table that was just a great group to play with. <laughs> um I had Victor Wyatt there and uh eric Waregator, and i'm gonna draw blank because i'm bad oh well i didn't know the fellow that was playing dante and yeah but anyways it was super fun and we toilet papered the uh the bad guy's house and uh yeah it was tales from the loop and it was amazing
1: so just to jump way back to the start of that so quincy, for peop-
2: that's right sorry quincy quincy played um clover And I had never met Quincy before, but yes. Xander? And Xander must have been the fellow that was playing Dante.
1: There you go. So, Angela Murray is the DM we're talking about here, and she has a series of Tales from the Loop games she plays, and runs, and she has created a set of six, I think it is, mm-hmm. different NPCs, yep. and she always uses the same NPCs, sorry, pre-gens. Six pre-gens in her, in her games. So, no matter what game you play with Ange, you're always going to be playing with the same group of people. So, that's why we're all talking in the chat, and everyone's talking about the different, Deanna, working through the list of characters. Last year. So, these aren't characters you would get, say, if you went and bought Tales from the Loop. This is something Ange has created for her con games.
2: Correct. And last year, I played Tales from the Loop for the very first time with the same DM.
1: Yeah. Um, Whereas yeah. Sean and I played Tales from the Loop, but under a totally different DM who ha- and had a very different experience compared to any of Ange's games. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see how people handle it differently. So uh, before then, jumping back a little in time, um, I actually did something I don't do often when I'm out of town. No, actually I do it way more often than I should, just cause I'm always curious is I went for pizza and, uh, anyone here in the chat knows Windsor has the best pizza in the world. So I don't have to go on about the Windsor pizza, but all these people in New York seem to think they got pretty good pizza too. So I literally found this place by accident in the fact that I got in the car and went that way and just kind of drove. And I was hoping to find like a taco place or a Mexican place or some kind of takeout restaurant, right? Without anything in particular in my head. And I pulled over and found a place called La Nova. Now for what I found out after the fact, after pulling in is this is some of the best pizza in the area. Um, It's a pizzeria that was like established in the 1950s. They won all these awards. Um, They claim best pizza in America, which i know every pizza place says best pizza in america but supposedly they actually won some awards for this based on how damn popular this place is i can see it like there there was a constant stream of pizza flying through here uh major is calling it mob pizza so that gives you an idea of how long ago this pizza place has been around i went in and i got slices and this is like um sean would know it kind of like a motto but New York style pizza with a motto with a bunch of different pies out. You just order slices. Slices were like $4.25 each. Um, I got two slices and then went back and got a third because they brought in another pizza that just looked so damn good. Um, the pizza I had that blew me away from there, like this was fantastic. Some of the best pizza I've ever had was chicken finger pizza, which is buffalo chicken, boneless buffalo chicken wings, hot spicy buffalo sauce on a pizza with a ridiculous amount of mozzarella. Man. That it was good, and this is like New York style with the way more p- cheese than should actually fit on a piece and it kind of doesn't when you pick it up. Um, I did also get standard pepperoni and cheese and a man I, I gotta say I'm sold. Um, it's not Windsor style, but that's some pretty damn good pizza. So thumbs up to Lenova um, my calorie count. It must have jumped ridiculous because that that was most definitely not at all healthy pizza. Um, While I was there, they put out a sausage and pepperoni one with these like chunks of sausage on it. Man, that was good too. So I had to get a slice of that. That third slice was a bad choice. Shouldn't have done that. Um i i had the the blows when i got back i like i got back into my hole i don't know if i can play anything so lanova um, was uh started in
0: 1957 not the oldest apparently 1927 they're talking about uh, in the chat okay. room santora's is the oldest but lanova oldest? Okay. is the official pizza of the buffalo bison's the buffalo bills the buffalo sabers so it's a uh it's a popular choice in the buffalo region obviously
1: and I got to say, thumbs up. It was good. It, it, uh, I actually had thought, you know, if there's any other meal I need to go find food, I'll probably go back. And I didn't end up doing that. I ended up finding other stuff. So that was solid. La Nova pizza is good. Uh, big thumbs up there. Uh, I noticed a lot of people eating it at the con when I came back. And I'm sure they probably were before, but I was just looking around and I was just like, man, everyone's got this stuff. Uh, got back from that and played some High Plane Samurai with the best name in gaming, Todd Crapper. Um, Todd does something really cool with his campaigns. He's just started something new. Uh, High Plane Samurai is a messed up game. Uh, I talked about it a lot last year's uh, episode. Or was it? No, it was a, um, a Breakout Con episode. Um, a mashup of everything post apocalyptic, steampunk,. Uh, samurai anime superheroes all mashed together in a big world where the gods got really angry and tried to destroy the place. Uh It's really neat. Game, very story-driven, very scripted, which I actually found freeing in its limitations, which sounds conflicting, but it's one of those... I don't know. You you get so many declarations a turn. Very much a story game. Todd runs a fantastic game. It's his game. He has one of the coolest role playing props I've ever seen. Which instead of a DM screen, he has a like map he puts out that has all the DM and player information. It looks like a board game and basically puts this map out and it's got a spot for his tokens and it's got all the rules around the outside edge. Just looks great. Uh, while we were playing, he got interrupted at least six times for people like, man, that map's cool. So thumbs up for that. Todd, uh, ran a great game. He's doing something neat where he's telling an ongoing story with the same NPCs. So I don't know if he chatted with Ange or came up with this on his own, but he has a set of NPCs now and, even more so than Anja's game, if you write anything on the character sheet, you don't erase it at the end of the con because it's still there for the next player, which I thought was neat. So, like, our characters changed. Like, I had a piece of equipment explode on me because I've never rolled so many ones on a D8 in my entire life uh, that my signature weapon, which was a shotgun that had two settings, and it was called Dead or Alive because I was playing a... um. I was playing a bounty hunter. Uh that blew up by the end of the game, and the character no longer had his signature shotgun. Another character lost, like um has a scar now from getting shot, and that's all on the sheets for the next time you play it, which is kind of neat. So we had a we had a really good game. Uh high plane summary is very neat. Uh indie game, I highly suggest checking it out. Personally, to me, it reminds me most of Fist of the North Star, the anime. Uh, for that style of post-apocalypse, now Todd's never seen Fist of the North Star, so he doesn't know if it fits. But to me, that's what it felt like—was playing in the world of Fist of the North Star, throw in some steampunk. Really dig it. I I, I that game. Todd ran a great game as always.
2: The setting sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but yeah, I know bangled, you. Bangled indeed. Yeah, you, you don't you don't stuff. like narrative control. <clears throat>
1: Deanna, Deanna likes traditional. I I roll dice and the DM tells me what happens. <laughs>
2: I don't want to be dictating what other people's characters are doing I don't want a scene set that's a DM's job I don't know I'm get off my lawn <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, so that was it this this was an earlier night uh, there was no after party well not that we went to at least uh, no back at the dorm room I think we we're just mainly tired from from the day before I was so full of damn pizza I think <laughs> that was part of it uh, we just went to bed that, yeah, that was it was a pretty early night
2: pretty- pretty late it was like a midnight kind of wrap-up
1: yeah high plane so, samurai for me ended at 11 i think yours ended at it midnight was between,
2: it was supposed to end at midnight and we ended early so it was between 11 30 and midnight yeah
1: so it was cool
0: so back in the chat room uh as well as uh when we when we started talking about the paula's donuts uh, a lot of people talked mm-hmm. about donut craze that's craze with a k okay. as a, another option and uh famous donuts is another uh, another one that comes up so lots of donut options eight. in Buffalo, apparently.
1: So is that like a Buffalo style donut or are there just lots of donut options? Well, I think
0: the donuts are becoming a sort of trendy thing again right now. You're getting a lot of sort of, and okay. I, I hesitate to use the term because if it's negative competition, negative but hipster donuts, uh, where yeah. and, you know, like Seattle has some famous donut joints where they really sort of go think outside the box and do some creative things. Someone was talking about cherry donuts in the, uh, in the chat. So um
1: yeah a lot of that I had some of the cherry I had half of a cherry donut yeah. it was good.
0: Uh everyone's talking about the characters they played. I think everyone must have played in one of Anja's <laughs> games over the weekend because uh everyone was talking about uh, which character they played from Anja's.
2: She makes great pre-gens. They have good hooks and you know background and stuff. It's
1: good. Yep.
0: Uh and apparently there is a uh Crapper and Adcock collaboration in the works.
1: Yes yes there is there there was a breakfast meeting i heard i heard parts of it i gotta admit i i don't know i the high plane samurai is neat yep. i i didn't like i know todd's all about his new project but i'm like i'm i i realized high plane summer for him is like that kickstarter i funded and published i'm done and i'm like no but i like this game <laughs> it's just like everything right we're, we're we're the new hotness from five years ago yep. i'm all excited about his last game So I I have not looked into Dinosaur Project, which is his his new thing. So I apologize, Todd. I'm still excited about your last thing. (laughs) All right. Moving on to Saturday. uh, The morning started with Bagel Jays. I saw this in the chat earlier. I didn't want to mention it because I knew I was going to get to it. But man, you know what's a good flavor of bagel for a bacon, egg, and cheese? And that is cheddar. Now, unlike cheddar bagels here, which are basically a plain bagel with a bunch of cheese melted on it, this thing was cheddar. Like, it was bright orange. This was cheddar baked right into the bagel. And man, that went really good with my bacon, egg, and cheese in the morning. Um, you tried something different.
2: Um, I just had a bagel and locks basically. Yep. I couldn't find it on the menu at that's... first because it's a brand of locks, Nova brand, which I don't know. Apparently that's a thing. But so it said bagel and nova. And I'm sitting there going, It's a bagel shop. They're selling salmon in the counter here that I can take home, but I can't find locks on the menu. And I gave up the first day and ended up ordering something else. And the second day I was like, I'm gonna find it. It was good. But it was like twice the price of what I got on the first day, so I'm like, for half the price, for four ninety five, I got a bagel and a schmear and a coffee, and I'm like, totally going with that instead of paying eight something for bagel and locks and then getting coffee on top of that. But it was good. The the lock schmear on the everything bagel, I would drive back there right now to have one. It was so yeah. yummy.
1: So there's your pro tip: get the lock schmear instead of the locks and save like four bucks. Yep. So, yeah, Bagel Jays, it was good. Uh, you'll see a trend that'll continue. <laughs> After that, headed back to the con where I played in Eric Simon's game of Sentinel Comics. Um, Eric Simon is a fantastic person I have interacted with a lot online and never actually in person except for a few greetings. So we finally got to play a game together. That was really cool. Uh, Sentinel Comics I'm in love with. Uh, I talked about playing that under Eric Paquette at Breakout and how much I love the system. It's the new evolution of the Marvel Heroic role-playing system. You're building a dice pool based on descriptors and powers on your character, uh, which is really neat. And it has a neat mechanic where you succeed based on your middle number, but then your powers are going to do things with your other dice. So it'll be like you're rolling, your you take your middle number to determine if you hit, but then your damage might be your low die. Or it might be, you're using this power, you're going to hit with your middle number, and if you hit, you're going to do damage on your middle die, but then you're going to hurt all your allies with your small die. And that'd be for like a Hulk-like character who's going to rage. Very neat system, very cool game. Eric ran a brilliant game. Um, holy cow, Eric is about the in-jokes. I swear there were more inside jokes and puns on those character sheets than I've ever seen in my life. Um, I'm personally not smart enough to catch them all. Thankfully, we had a table of six of us, and I'm pretty sure by the end of the game, We still hadn't caught them all. Hmm. Um, Eric made these NPCs. Eric does work for, I'm going to totally forget who, Greater Than Games, I think, does Sentinels of the Multiverse. I may be wrong on that. Um, So this was him. And I guess we got some preview content because he's putting out a setting book for Sentinel Comics, and we got to play in that setting, so that was cool. Uh, It was a rural town. Very cool. I like that. Um, Overall, though, Eric ran a good game. Mechanics were great. We got a table of older gamers who I think were more into traditional role-playing. I want to use the term grognards, but just like you didn't want to use the term hipster, I don't mean it derogatory. I just mean a certain style of player. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad style of play. It's just a different way of playing. Um, The game was very mechanical. And because of that, I did not enjoy it as much as the last Sentinel Comics game I played. And again, I don't think it was Eric's fault. It's just that group of players was very much about rolling the dice, picking the power on the sheet, and looking at numbers, as opposed to playing superheroes. Um, There was not a single superhero speech the entire game, which just felt out of place. Again, nothing on the DM. Uh, I thought it was a great mechanical game, but it wasn't quite the experience I was hoping for for Sentinel Comics or playing with Eric. Um, I did play another game with Eric later in the weekend, which totally proved that Eric can go there and bring the feels, but that wasn't this game.
2: What's the Marvel story game that I can never remember the name of?
1: Marvel Heroic Roleplaying.
2: Yeah, Marvel Heroic Roleplaying. So you described this to me as like the next step yep. up from that. And I always love that uh, the idea that you're the guest writer
1: mm-hmm.
2: doing, you know, dictating what the character's doing. So you've talked about this. You've played two Gone Games on it, and you've talked to me about it a bunch. And I have to say, I really want to try it now. Yeah,
1: it was good. I played Black Sail, was the character I played. So someone in the chat noticed, noted that they played one. I I loved the system. The system was great. Uh, It just, it wasn't, I wanted a game with, I don't know, not necessarily even feels. I just, I wanted the passion speech. This was very much, they're the bad guys. We're the good guys. What powers are you using to take out the bad guys? Uh, there was a cool story. The adventure was great. Uh, it was called Ra-Ra Ruckus, which was very sound-themed, which fit really well. Um, the villains were cool. He had a neat set of characters going on. Again, the mechanics were really neat. Like, he had defenders that were helping. But there was never uh you guys must surrender now because you're doing bad things and we're good guys and we should stop you. It just, it didn't get that. That was the aspect of superhero gaming that I felt was missing from that.
2: So I played, well... I'm going to back it up. I was supposed to be playing a couple of uh, RPGs that were going to be run by John Arcadian, but his games were canceled. unfortunately. So yeah, it was like Voltron or Robotech with the serial numbers rubbed off was the one description. I'm like, I am so there for that. Um, but anyway, and, and it was going to be a fifth-ed D&D game. So when picking those, I was really tossed up between that fifth-ed that was run by John Arcadian... Or this other fifth head game that was going to be run by Andy Fox, and then I thought, well, now it's going to be full because my game was canceled. But I looked, and there was a spot, so I signed up on the sign-up sheet and got into that game at the last minute, and it was it was silly fun. It was uh, a continuation of an actual play game from She's a Super Geek that I have not listened to. So I felt like I was missing out on some of the in-jokes, but a lot of the in-jokes were just based off of knowing the, the Gnome Stew people and, mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. Like, they had the great Abrazzato as, as the uh, wizard, and there was bananas, and uh, Ange was a famous carpenter who made table selfies out of wood. You know, silly things like that. There was a lot of in-jokes. Um, but it was uh, It was a good game. It was, what did she call it? Socialist? D and D, cause we, we were, it was story driven, uh, fifth ed D and D, and my dice were behaving so poorly. So poorly, and I'd only brought one set with me, so I just had this 1d20, and I've never rolled so many ones, or things below four in my life. So I'm playing this barbarian, and it's like, I'm going to go, and I'm going to look in the shop, see if there's any magic components there, and you see a wall of jerky, that's all you see. And I'm (laughs) like, man, I've never seen so much jerky in my life, it's beautiful, I'm going to cry. you know. And every time I just kept failing these notice rolls, I was very singularly... uh, but there's a person at the table who's in the chat room right now, meats and sheeps, and she lent me this little metal chicken, that was huh. to to scold my die, and I put it there with my D twenty, and I set it aside, and then after that, I only rode seventeen or higher, which was eerie. <laughs> so, and then the, so during the combat, I got to kick butt as a barbarian, but any any notice checks were sadly missed. So uh, we played the festival of sausages and fairy lights and it was the first time i've played at a table that was all women so that was kind of fun it was neat um yeah and it was silly it was silly fun and it was dnd and i want to play more fifth ed dnd and that was the only game i could find that wasn't adventure league and i don't want to play adventure League.
0: the
1: dice the shaming. dice
2: shaming Chicken. Yes. yes. Well, it was eerily effective, the dice-shaming chicken. It actually frightened me a bit. There you
1: go. <laughs> you might be able to sell those next year. You could be like, I sell dice-shaming chicken. <laughs> it's a, it's get your own booth. So while you were doing that, I was... Playing, running. Uh, I, one of the other events I sent set up to run, which was Gentis Deluxified. Uh, thankfully no table confusion this time. Everyone found the game. Um, interestingly, two of the players are the same two players that played Tale of Tawaken, which kind of fits because these are players who were looking for heavier games, and these are both heavier games. Uh, Gentis is still amazing. Uh, amazing looking game. Not nearly as complicated as it looks, but then as you're playing, you start really just how deep the strategy and tactics can be. Uh, game. Went over really well. Uh, this one, I didn't flub anything. There was no, hey, we got to back this up. Uh, I was perfectly able to teach the game. Uh, played the game well. Played with Owen. Um, don't know either of the other two people's names. Sorry, again, I apologize. Badges, badges with names. Even then, I would have forgotten by now. At least then, I'd have them in a picture, maybe. Uh, went well. We played four players. Uh, unfortunately, one of the players was worried they were going to be short on time, and it did take the full three-hour time slot. Um... That is the one thing I've got to watch next year is certain players have AP problems and I need to find a way to moderate the AP. Now, we worked. We, we were within our time slot. So I did pro that because I figured I needed two hours for the game and I booked three just in case. So that worked. Um, but man, it shouldn't have taken three normally for Gentis, but some people want to sit and figure out every possible move, and in a game like that, where there's a lot going on and you haven't played before, there can be a lot of options, especially those last two turns. Like, the last couple turns of that, I think, took an hour for the last two phases. Unfortunately, one of the players... Had to leave at 5, and it ended up their friend was cool, and they they able to stay and play the game. But you know what? I told them, I said, we'll see what we can do, but the game's scheduled to go till 6, and if it goes till 6, it goes till 6. I apologize, but don't expect the game to end early. He's like, well, I looked it up on BoardGameGeek, and it said it should be played in 90 minutes. So just pro tip for those of you signing up for games, trust the person organizing to event to know how long it might take. Unless it's me. <laughs> well, Okay. At least take you can take a good chance at it. So, yeah, it it took longer than we hoped, but we did get the full game in. I did have to rush people at the end of the game. Um, Had I realized it was going to go that close, I could have rushed people earlier where it was less important. Right, Like, oh, you can just take any move at this point because you're trying to build stuff up. Um, It was good. Uh, Went well. People were populated. Again, I got some big thanks from one of the players for... um, Daniel was the name other than Owen on the register. Okay, so Daniel, he played two games with me. He was the one that wanted me to teach him, Gentis and Teotihuacan, because he owned both. Thank you for that, uh, Daniel. So yeah, Gentis went good. I think from there, the two of us needed to find dinner. So Victor Wyatt came to me because he knows I'm the food guy and was like, hey... You went to the bagel place. Did you go to the Mexican place? And I'm like, what Mexican place? Like literally right next door is a Mexican place. I tried to go, but they don't open until four o'clock. And I'm like, no, hey, Mexican place. So Deanna and I went to the Mexican place, which was called Diego's, which man, it looked fancy. And then we got inside and we're like, man, it's fancy. Uh, you know, tablecloths, napkins, um, fancy bar, lots of margaritas. Uh, they claim they were traditional Mexican. I am starting to learn that I just have to go further south before I buy anything called traditional Mexican. Um, Maybe it was traditional Mexican somewhere. Uh, We got queso. Uh, I could say the chorizo was good. Um, I got an enchilada platter. Deanna got chile rellenos. And I don't know how to word this, but everything was wet. Everything was soupy, soupy, melty. The consistency of everything Everything soupy. the Oaxaca cheese they used was melted and soupy, and the beans were watery, so the two kind of mixed together into a kind of soup.
2: It wasn't watery. It was just soupy. Yeah, the like, beans were soupy.
1: The but yeah, like queso The pizza
2: was soupy.
1: It, it wasn't great. Um, not overly impressed. They only opened this year. I'll be surprised if they're there when we get there for breakout next year. So not a huge fan of Diego's Mexican. And
2: we almost went and got the pizza you had the day yes, before. Yes, we should have.
1: And you know, should've. I, should've. I, should've. I,
0: I remember when we did Mexican... Last year in September, we were noticing that the uh, the toppings and everything, the tacos that they gave us were really wet. Like that was the that was something we noticed. Yeah, it's the best. true. It was
2: the tortillas were. That awful. was at Casa
1: Azul. Like, Casa was... Azul blew this place oh, no. away.
2: Casa Azul was so yummy. It was a okay. This was meh.
1: Yeah, this was was solid. <laughs> oh, meh. and sorry. Yes. I was Lit waiting. it on fire. Yes, we we the, our waitress tried to light us on fire. Well, that's not. A so good they point. had
2: actual candles, and then they delivered things that have wax paper hanging over the baskets. And she set it down with the wax paper shoved in the candle. And I went, "Oh no, no, no! Move that. That's gonna."
1: And she walked away, and I had to blow out the fire that started on our table. And
2: then I had to stop when she delivered something else. I had to grab it to make sure it didn't light on fire a second time. So I'm like, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah it's it was not the best experience. Oh, and apparently, uh, oh uh,
0: apparently, La Davina is is uh, oh never mind. They've been busted for having illegal workers.
1: Uh, ah, yeah, nice. Uh, supposedly there is good Mexican there, but yeah, was not impressed. So so if there even happened to be there, I'm gonna guess no based on what our experience is, not worth going to. Uh, So then both of us went back, and we were in the same game with actually a large portion of people in the chat room, and that was another Tales from the Loop game from Ange. Uh, This one called Snow Day. Uh, This time I played Christopher, who was the geek. Um, Had a lot of fun with that. You played...
2: Clover. I decided going in, I'm like, I've decided I want to play all the characters, so I'm going to play Clover, and I just called dibs on it as soon as I got there, and everyone was like,
1: Deb played it. Jack. Um, her husband. I apologize. I don't remember your husband's name. Played Sean, the popular, guy.
2: the popular
1: guy. Victor Wyatt played
2: Karen. Karen
1: Jack. and Tim, who Sean and I had played with last year, played a very checked out rocker. John is her husband. Dante. John is her husband's name. Sorry, I could not remember his name. My bad. Uh, it was neat. Uh, it was a fun game. I do have to say, and you missed one very important point of playing Tales from the Loop. There were no bikes because it was a snow day. I played a kids on bike game and we couldn't ride the bikes. I'm not actually upset no. about that. We went well, did sledding. They have, did we went sledding. The, did they
0: have the, the, sled, the, three, the three things, those awesome downhill sled rider things that were...
1: No, we didn't bring up the three things. I know what you're yeah. talking about. I think that might be a local thing. Oh, really? I, I did, the, I did the trash can lid because, well, uh, there was a baking tray. Yep. Um, there was WD-40 involved that made us go really fast. <laughs> um, there was some amusing points where. Um, Dante pushed me down the Cause slide. Cause like, I don't know if I, I want to go I don't
2: know if I want to go or not.
1: I, I will admit that that was the the highlight of that game. It, to me, was the playing in the snow yes. part of that yes. more so than the like adventure part. And then the, we the actually mystery. got
2: to the mystery, and it was like, yeah, it was okay, but that first part that, was that crazy. that
1: first part was a lot of fun. Uh, Ange runs a good game.
2: No, I'm gonna back it up and say the Tales from the Loop game that I played previously with Ange was called Radio Star, and if you see that on a con somewhere, go sign up and play it. And it was heavily based around 80s music and song lyrics and it was tight and really good this was fun but it wasn't as tight and she said it's she hasn't run it as many times it may have been the first time she ran it and she was like uh, i am so so on this one it needs some work still so it wasn't as good as the other game i felt
1: Yeah, it was all right i had a go okay time I i kind of lost my character halfway through and just kind of didn't, couldn't, it was still fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. It was it was a solid game.
0: GT yeah. Snow Racer is the what I was thinking of.
1: That's yeah, that's what you were thinking of. That was her first time running it. So yeah. there you go. That adventure. Yeah. There were aspects of it that were great, like like the the, the whole concept, the character the, the, the fact and we're and in the desert and it's snowing and, and it never stops snowing. Super fun. And and there was some really good stuff because like you couldn't go to the adults because they were all snowed in. There was some some good tie-ins there. Mm-hmm. Um, there were good tie-ins to the different characters. I still don't know what was supposed to be at the arcade because I just it just didn't make sense at that point to run to the arcade with what was going on. Mm-hmm. But it was alright. Um, Not uh,
2: thinking to pull the fire alarm as a distraction was what I regretted. Yeah, because that yeah. was we should have thought of that sooner.
1: Very true. Uh, Overall, it was good. That was a solid game. Um, After that, we were wrapping up, and we noticed there was a bunch of people we know, a bunch of the the Gnome Stool uh, gem-adjacent people, all sitting in the open gaming area. I think they had just wrapped up some kind of big game all just kind of hanging out and chilling so we headed over there uh, that was where I first got to oh wait before that I did have some uh, the gator is from Wisconsin and one of the things Wisconsin is known for is cheese and the gator was awesome enough to have brought a sampling of cheese for everyone yeah we had curds um,
2: that first night oh, they were so yeah I missed good.
1: it I, I had actually had curds the night before uh, the after party there back at our dorm room Eric had brought out the cheese curds and oh man you were
2: a good man, Eric. so
1: good, so good. And then this night, there weren't cheese, but there was uh, haba mango, which was habanero with mango, which I actually liked. A lot of people didn't like it. Um, there was a whiskey cheese, I don't even know. It was good. It like I, I'm a cheese fan, this was good cheese. Like, like I've heard the Wisconsin thing, yeah. So, the Wisconsin
2: cheese thing, it's a yeah, thing. The Wisconsin
1: <laughs> cheese thing's a thing. The same was uh, the Montreal cheese. cheese, cheese is thing. Is
0: understatement. We used to have to bribe our DM with cheese. That was the only yeah. way we could get any favors from our DM was to use cheese.
1: Yeah. So you go elderflower, Gouda. I don't think I tried the Gouda. The The mango fire I did have. I, I heard the haba mango had, had a um, Johnny Cash burning ring of fire problem later in the day <laughs> or the next morning. But yeah, great cheese. So thank you, Eric. Appreciate the cheese. Um, I can't bring Windsor pizza over the border. It just we have to bring butter, we butter uh, what we we
2: bring butter tarts next time. Yeah,
1: butter tarts. That's what we were thinking. We got to bring butter tarts next time. So we can bring one of our local delicacies. From so cafe, that was great. Yeah, pie from cafe Pie Cafe is good. Thing. Or that place out in... Anyway. Yeah. Um, Deanna checked out for the night, headed back to the hotel room. She was tired. Uh, then we had an impromptu game of For the Queen. And here's where I got to see that Eric Simon's not just about mechanics, which is awesome, which is I pretty much knew. Um,
2: I checked out at midnight. That's true. Like it's, not, yeah, it's not like it was 8 true. p.m. I was like, it's midnight. I'm going to bed. Yo.
1: That is true. Um, so it was with Eric Simon, with Eric the Gator, and with Danielle Kayla, And we played for the Queen. Now, this is a game I would not have touched with a 10-foot pole. Now, make that a 20-foot pole two years ago. Um, possibly even a year ago. I, like Deanna, was very much against... Improv role-playing past-the-stick gaming scared the hell out of me, and still kind of does. I'm still not sure I'm comfortable with it. One of the biggest things that changed my mind to let me embrace this was playing a protocol game with Wen Rachel. He ran an amazing uh, something of Atlantis, I can't remember the name, uh, with the whole thing with Athens and Atlantis, Savior of Atlantis, I don't remember, sorry, uh, at Breakout, and that really helped break me out of my improv gaming shell. So that was cool. So we sat down and when Eric first said, we're going to play for the queen, I'm like, "Eh, that's that story game where you going to make? I don't know about this. And I'm like that I'm almost sure it. I'm going to play. So we played, and man, it was cool. It was really cool. Um, for those of you who don't know For the Queen, this is by Alex Roberts, who has the best Twitter handle on the planet, Muscular Pikachu. Uh, you grab a deck of cards, and you read the first line per card, then you pass it to the left, and you read it, and you read it, and you read it, and they teach you how to play. What you eventually get to is that you are a retinue who loves the queen, who is on a dangerous journey with the queen. And you're going to read the cards, and they're going to ask you a question, and you're going to answer them. And it doesn't sound like much, but man, this game can bring out character development, because you don't have a character. And one of the comments I heard about the game on the weekend is people playing going, Well, oh, this is weird, we don't have a character, and then halfway through going, oh, we totally have characters. And sure enough, we all developed characters, and we all developed feelings, and there were heartstrings pulled, and there were some nasty backstabbing, and man, I for past the stick and Improv games this is up there um i i I don't know if you consider it a role-playing game a board game or an improv experience i it's very interesting very unique style of play um i'd say the role the only role you have is you're a retinue right like you're and you love the queen that's what you know at the start um for anyone who hasn't played it i'm not going to get to the surprise ending I don't know if it's a surprise ending. You might have been able to guess at this point. Um, about halfway through your deck of prompts, the game ends. Or you can play a long game where you use more of the deck. And then you answer final decision and the game ends. Um, it's definitely not a board game. It's it's probably not a game because there's no winners and losers and there's no real rules. It's all improvising. But it's a really cool experience, which is the important part. Um, I still don't think Deanna will ever actually
2: no, play that game. No, improv bad. Slow thinker
1: at work. But I am thinking that it it might be the perfect game to introduce people to story gaming. Like, I really think that might work. Like, because that's one of the problems is I go to game conventions like this with a bunch of improv gamers, story gamers, whatever you want to call them, hippie gamers, whatever. Term you want to use. And we play all these games about feels and improv and scene setting. And then I come home and I present them to my traditional role-playing group and i get a lot of pushback they're not interested they're like i try to source the table and i get that well you're the dm you're the one that's supposed to tell us i'm not doing your work my work for you right like I, th- there is that feel there is a lack of
2: enthusiastic there, consent
1: yes we don't get enthusiastic we, we consent rocker
2: boys and
1: vending machines oh yeah we, that went over pretty good <laughs> rocker boys and vending machines did go over well but i have a feeling for the queen might be the icebreaker the one the one that 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 will do it Uh, Sean, Sean, sorry, Chris points out that it's a game because it has a series of procedures that allow you to tell a story. It does have rules, so in that aspect, fair enough, whatever you want to call it, it's fun. That's the important part, right? Uh, It helps facilitate a good experience, a good time. Uh, Though, fair warning, the game includes safety tools right in it for a reason. It may go dark places, and it's awesome that Alex actually put that in there and jumping back to the protocol game, it was called Desperation of Atlantis. Thank you, Danielle. Um, So again, Danielle, Eric, uh, both Erics, we all played for the Queen, four players. I guess it plays up to six people. Um, It was interesting. I don't feel the need to rush out and buy it because it's not really in my wheelhouse, except at these kinds of cons. After that, Chris, who's also in the chat, called me over because he was extremely excited about a frog game that was chess-like, and oh my god, it's awesome, and that game was Croak. Now, this is an older one. I had never even heard of this game. Didn't realize how old it was until I tried to log my play on board Game Geek. Uh, You set up a big grid, I think it's 8 by 8 of cards Flip down. You start off with a queen frog and two little baby frogs. You then move adjacently, orthogonally or diagonally, and then you flip the tile to see what it is. If it's a reed, you stay there. If it's a leap pad, you bounce to another spot. If it's a barracuda, it eats you. Or some other—I don't remember. Maybe it's not barracuda, but some kind of fish. Um, if it's mud, you get stuck and flip your guy over. And if it's a log, you land there, and other frogs can land there. Basically, the whole point was to do was to capture the opponent's queen frog. Uh, oh, that's the other thing—you would flip it over and there'd be other frogs to mate with, and you would have to move your queen there, and you get another little baby frog. And there was like six different colors of mating frogs, and you can only mate with each color once. Pike, thank you, Chris. It was Pike that ate you, not Barracudas. Neat game. Um, Chris loved it. I thought it was okay. Uh, It was a little lighter than I'd like. There was some good strategy to it, but a lot of the time, the game final win came down to luck. You'd all strategic planning, strategic planning, and positioning, and positioning, and then someone would make the jump, and if it happened to be a lily pad, they tended to win, or if it happened to be mud, then they tended to lose. It was neat. It, It was cool enough. I don't feel the need to rush out to buy it, but I'm not in that light, quick, 15-minute game thing all that often. The components, though, top-notch. Really cool components.
2: So that was Croak. Croak. And I have to say that's one I hadn't heard of before. Well, it's, yeah, it's, 20, year, never...
1: it's 20 years old. I mean... Yeah, it's old. <laughs> it is old. Yeah, Chris called it an abstract checker chess like games. It, it was. Uh, personally, I for that, I played the Duke or Onitama. It was neat. I, I had fun playing it. We played two games. Um... I said, it's a lot of positioning, but then it's just that lucky draw, that lucky move. So, it, yeah, it was alright. I was glad I played it. Then, for some stupid reason, well, not really a stupid reason, I really wanted to show off some more games to Chris. So, I really like playing games with Chris and there's a bunch of my games that I think he'd love and that he hasn't gotten to play. And it's like two in the morning and Chris gets to go home soon. And I'm like, ah, eh, what the heck you want to come back to the dorm and play some more games. So Chris and I headed back to our dorm room. And then at like two in the morning, I broke out Gentis deluxified and we played a two player game of that
2: and apparently you checked and, in on me to see if I wanted to play but for some reason I was asleep at two yeah, I don't know. At I,
1: I, p- I peeked in we yeah. also sent out some notes to other people in the chat room to see if people were up or interested but we couldn't get anyone which is fine uh, Chris and I played a really good game of Gentis uh, Chris is one of the best players I played with in games man can he pick up stuff quick like he just he gets the rules and gets the strategies there's like uh, there's something magical about how quickly he can pick up a brand new game I uh, saw that first playing Terraforming Mars with him at Origins, but saw it again playing Gentis. Like he's got this like concentration look. He doesn't talk a lot while he's playing the game, and just like you can just tell, he's got the, the the gears are working, right? It was cool. Um had a really tight game of Gentis. I think he dug it, which is what I was hoping for. I think I taught it well. Uh playing that game two player, man, it's it's cutthroat. Um it's really hard because the city improvement cards don't stay out and if you don't buy them they disappear so that that they they really are a little a little um it's tight two players and i gotta admit the next one i screwed up the order we didn't play gentis yet we actually first played raiders of the north sea probably because i was thinking man it's like 2 a.m and i want to play a shorter game and go to bed so yeah, Stupid Me was the one that brought out Gentis at like 3 in the morning or 3.30 or 4. So actually, first, we played Raiders of the North Sea. Sorry for screwing up the order there. I should admit it was very late, early in the morning. Um, first, I broke out Raiders of the North Sea. Raiders of the North Sea is so good two players. Man, that game is good two players. That The, the mechanics of Raiders of the North Sea, you're Vikings, you're raiding across the sea... You're starting off by building your raiding party uh, and upping your armor and getting the right players and getting provisions. And then you're going out and raiding spots to bring back plunder. The plunder you're going to get points for, but you're probably going to instead trade that into the chieftain for bonus points. Uh, The best mechanic in this game is you always have one worker. You place your worker on a worker placement spot and do the thing. Then you take a worker off the board and do that thing which is just a really cool really solid mechanic that works really well um the exception to that is when you go raiding but still you're placing a worker you grab the plunder and you take the worker that was there but you're only going to get one action out of it uh this is to me is the new hotness i am loving raiders of the north sea like this is my big game right now i was hot on Gentis for a while i still dig Gentis, Gentis is great but man raiders of the north sea is so good um i'm really looking forward to checking out the expansions i got to get a hold of renegade games and be like please please give me the expansions i want want to talk about the expansions because i love your game so much really good two-player game that was tight chris kicked my butt actually um i got beat pretty bad in that game it went really well though that was good so then we played that then we played gentis and we finished at five thirty a.m at a con when we both had stuff to do on sunday so we're not the smartest group of gamers there but you know what we had fun that was one of my 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 best memories of that con probably for years i'm going to remember sitting at that dorm room table outside our room playing two player games with chris niza till three five thirty in the morning
2: yeah i remember raiders of the north sea i
0: was oh sorry yeah, i was i was still up at uh and and online at the time and and the tweet came out saying hey doing a late night copy of uh, a game of raiders of the north sea to which i responded um I think it's early technically morning. early morning at this point. Yeah. Uh, and I wasn't even aware that you jumped into a, the Gentis game after that. It was, uh, I thought you were crazy starting the, the Raiders of the North <laughs> Sea at, at whatever hour of the morning that was. So
2: You forgot that we actually played, you and I played Raiders of the North Sea the night previous. Oh, that's, that's right. That's what we did. We didn't just go back to the room and right. go to sleep. We went back and played Raiders of the North Sea. You're right. I and totally forgot about that. It is currently my favorite two player game. Like yeah. I, I can, it's good. We played it with more players recently, and it's good. But two players, Raiders of the North Sea. I cannot think of another game I would rather be playing two players um, that fits that that crunchy. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's not a filler game. that yeah, a quick game. minute yeah. no. and not a card duel because that's a very different feel. Right, and not a Star Realms or whatever. Yeah,
2: sleep is a good thing if you have to drive the next day. <laughs> yes, but, it is.
1: you know. <laughs> so, yeah, we totally missed that. That was actually Saturday. No, Friday night. Friday, Friday night. night. That's yeah. right. We went back to I'm the like, dorm. We, and we played we, that. We, we played a game. We just, you know what it was? We set up and we got everyone as they were coming in. Kind of hoping we'd get another game going. But it didn't happen. I completely forgot about that. Good catch. So,
0: we've had a lot of chat going on in the uh, the game rooms. Uh, area, in, the game room, in the chat room. Uh, um... Everyone, there's actually a lot of interest about talking about for the queen. Uh, apparently, uh, she's a super geek. Played just played for the uh, for the queen. If you want to check it out, there. Oh, nice. Uh, and uh,
1: quick note on she's a super geek. If you follow the Ennies at all, they are nominated for an Ennie this year, and there's one that uh, Bellhops uh, recommended podcast. If you're looking for someone to vote yep, for, yeah. was seal pointing of out that uh,
0: was pointing out that the Ennie voting is still open.
2: You yeah. should make sure that you drop the link to the actual play of the Queen game in the show
1: notes. Yeah, I it's a good call. Up.
0: Yeah, if someone's got that uh, handy, if you could drop it in the chat room, I'll put it into our notes. Uh, also, people are talking about she's uh, um, using uh, For the Queen to develop characters for other games. Uh, I and a see lot that. of, uh, you know, just sort of building out the the, the potential of For the Queen. Yeah. Um, uh, storytelling games as a world building for other games. Uncle Luke yeah, uh, mentions it. there. Uh, Where Gator still has not played Terraforming Mars*. How is this? How have we let this happen?
1: Because uh, he's too busy playing role playing games. There we go. Yeah. Well, let's corner
2: him next time. <laughs> you got to sure corner him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I actually I think playing board games with Wargator that first night as the first time I actually played board games with Eric instead of actually just playing. Role and even playing then, games. he
2: was trying to get everyone to play. That's
1: true. Them. He was trying to get everyone to play For the Queen. And that <laughs> yeah. night, I'm like, no, I brought board games. Let's play board games. Let's not do do games with feels because it's still um, getting there, getting more used to it.
0: All right. And thanks for that link, uh Gator. I've got that in the show notes now.
1: Uh, so so sunday uh i slept in because you know i was gaming with chris till 5 30 in the morning and Deanna also slept you know in
2: excuse i don't even know <laughs> I, I didn't set an alarm thinking well i don't have a game until like one in the afternoon yeah. And I didn't wake up until Mo got up at, like, 11-something. Yeah, so. at 11. Our our plan mm-hmm. was
1: there was a Denny's nearby. I've never actually eaten at a Denny's. I'm sure a Denny's isn't great. But I was going to at least sit Bakages. down and have it. But instead, there was Bagel J's. Uh So, Bagel J's this time. I tried the garlic bagel. Oh, my God, was that good. But it was, like, Russian peanuts level of garlic. Like, that was a garlic bagel. Like, Wow. Um, there is something you could put on that. That would be amazing, but I'm not, excuse me. I'm not sure what, like out of the 40 sandwich options they have, I think something would be awesome on that egg, cheese, and bacon. You'll notice a trend here was okay on it. The bagel was awesome. Just you know, there's there's something I don't know what goes on a garlic bagel, but something goes on that garlic bagel. Cause wow, was that a good I, I just I put garlic schmear on
0: it, but then I like to overdose on garlic. So yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah maybe maybe that's totally it. Do do that a garlic bagel with garlic smear, garlic with garlic schmear. And
2: you're right, I think the the Nova with the garlic would be good. Uh, I felt bad because I had told Angela she was. Ange was like, "Hey, I haven't had the bagel." bring me a bagel she even looked it up online looked at their menu picked out a bagel i'm like tomorrow morning i'll bring you a bagel what time she's like 10 a.m i'm like all right so when i got up at 11 <laughs> and then we packed out and didn't and 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 filled the car and checked out mm-hmm. and then didn't leave until noon i ran upstairs into the play area and asked Ange, do you still want a bagel and she's like no i'm good but in the meantime mo taunted andy yeah with i'm sorry bagel. andy he was like he got the names confused and was like Andy what kind of bagel do you want? She's like what are you talking about?
1: So <laughs> Yeah, I'm bad. I'm sorry. I thought you said you owed Ange a bagel or Andy a bagel, yeah. not Angie. And Andy was in our room, which is why I thought yes, that they had talked.
2: Roommate. Was
1: our roommate with yeah. uh with uh, with uh, la, 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 Jared. So yeah, bagel jays. Uh the other thing I got and I got to say eh, was um a cinnamon twist. Not, I don't know it, the 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 cinnamon sugar was nice but it was a bagel long twisty thing it was really chewy, nah I would skip that. Um the thing I saw was popular and uh, okay Buffalo what's with the salt thing? Cause they had a salt bagel which was a plain bagel covered in salt. I'm I, sure I they like you guys are obsessed with salt. This on Weck thing is salty. Everything bagel was like a salt lick. Wow. Uh but that was the one everyone at like, Schmitty was like you got to get the the salt bagel and and Phil Vecchio was like salt bagel. I'm like okay i i don't know i didn't try the salt bagel but i guess the salt bagel is like the thing to get there i gotta say garlic bagel i just gotta figure out what 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 to mix it with they have a pizza bagel so i'm thinking maybe a pizza bagel on garlic or pizza on garlic that sounds pretty good to me hey so bagel
2: jays you should sponsor our show next
1: yeah (laughs) i don't know yeah bagel jays send us money pay for our food next time uh last game of the con Sunday was a short day. Um, We slept in for one, plus the con ended at five. Uh, We took part in a Phil Vecchione tradition of always ending the con, running a game, and I sat down to play Masks. Uh, This was Super Dimensional Fortress something, which I totally thought was going to be a Robotech reference, but wasn't. Uh, It was a Jack Kirby reference, and went to prom. The cool thing Phil did here was we all played two characters, which worked fairly well. We not only made our characters, we made our prom dates, but we didn't make our own prom dates. We made someone else's prom date. Well, we kind of all worked together. So we played our character and someone else's prom date. I happened to be playing Eric the Weregator's prom date. Um, his wife Noor was playing my prom date. Uh, Senda and Schmidt were playing on each other's prom dates. And we had a great game of masks. Now, we had an awesome game. This was one of the best games I had of the con, but I will totally admit at the end of the game, I have no idea if I played masks. I don't know how much of that game was any mechanics from masks at all. Um, I think I rolled 2d6 twice the whole game. Um i didn't feel like we engaged with the mechanics much at all i'm sure they were there i'm sure phil was doing his thing in the background and making his hard and soft moves but i didn't see it as a player so it was kind of the exact opposite of the eric simon superhero game from the day before um again not just because of dm styles or anything just the way it played out because i this was a a table of um superstars I'll, i'll say it right like some of the best role players i've ever met were at this table with one of the best dms i've ever met and we were all into it um So much into it that Phil kind of had to cut out sections of the adventure because we were having too much fun just doing prom things and prom date things. Um, Personally, my character I thought was kind of cool. I played the outsider, but I had way more fun playing Eric's prime date or prime date, prime date, sorry, prom date. Um, Kelly, um, who was rather vindictive and their relationship was on the rocks. And I actually had more fun playing Kelly, the the vindictive ex- possible x trying it one more time than i did playing a superhero that could turn into a blue dragon um but i did have fun with both uh, i was a neat think game that
2: was gonna happen because i know you're like yeah i'm going to play a game where we're going to prom i don't know
1: again right? me with the the improv and the i'm still getting used to this stuff i'm 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 a traditional gamer i've been playing since 1984 i uh, there's there's certain shifts that have happened since then i'm still getting used to uh it was a cool game it, it was a highlight of the con really good um I think I gained 10 pounds playing that game because Where Gator was there and brought out cheese. And <laughs> Schmitty had M&Ms. And I, I actually threw out some stuff on the table. I had some kind bars and some, some really good pepperoni sticks. There was a lot of food there. Um, more cheese? Yes, please. Uh, yeah, it was cool. It was a neat game. We, we, we Phil ran a great game. We got way off the tracks, but it was fun.
2: I ran Terraforming Mars. I screwed up my time slot. I thought I was playing at one and I was actually playing at two. This is totally on me because I should have written it down on paper. I still hadn't figured out how to look at my schedule on my phone. (laughs) My table had been moved from one location to another. The second table they had assigned me had people at it, probably because I was trying to set up it for one, not two. But um, so, I mean, it was on me. So I set the game up early. I got there early. I had a whole bunch of time to kill. One of the players showed up early, and we ended up just hanging out and chatting for a while, and he was a nice gentleman named Tom, Tom that I hadn't met previously, and then eventually Owen was there, and we just hung out for a long time before we played Terraforming Mars, and then I got a full table of Terraforming Mars, which I scheduled for a three-hour slot for five people, and I'm thinking, because we're using the Preludes expansion, and it speeds it up a bit, and I looked at the suggested times on Board Game Geek, and I thought it would it would work but it was it was tight if we'd had maybe 10 more minutes we would have actually finished the game out so i felt like i failed as the moderator for i didn't have a watch on and i wasn't watching the time and if i had been realizing i would have called it i would have said this is going to be our last round instead of trying to uh we finally we were in our last round we had set off all the end conditions for the game and then people didn't get their final turns. We just had to say, stop it here. I want to at least do end game scoring because the one gentleman was like, hey, I'd really like to at least see the end game scoring and how that works. So we were end game scoring and I was doing it on speed dial while people were putting chairs away because this was the very yeah. end of the con. So I felt guilty about that because we ran over on our table. Um yeah. I am lazy and let Mo explain all the games, I just play the board (laughs) games, so for me to show up and teach A Table of Strangers how to play a game that I know really well and should be, I'm like, okay, I've got it, I've got it, we're good, we get like two turns in, I'm like, oh, that's right, when you go next to the oceans... You get money. I had to miss something, but it went yeah. okay. I think it went okay. Uh, it was fun. It was. I, I had people that were all like clever players that really mm-hmm. picked up on everything, and there was no a- AP, and it was just a really fun game of Terraforming Mars. And I wish we had gotten to finish it out. So now, next time I know, I'll schedule it for four hours.
1: Yeah. Or they like say use the use the variant rule where the you all
2: start with a production? no. Every,
1: you either I'll start with one production, or do the thing where Earth raises something every round.
2: Yeah, the one that's in the Venus. It's in the Venus expansion. expansion. Yeah, that might be a way to, to shorten it. Yeah, to mess with it though. I was yeah, trying to not I get it. mess with it. I home rule games all the time <laughs> where we start with production to speed it mm-hmm. up,
1: but I will say that game seemed to take a lot out of you for you're not used to teaching games like spoon-wise.
2: Yes, yes. I was like, "Yep, that stressed me out more than it should have." <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I don't think I screwed it up, but I was so worried yeah, I was gonna screw were... it up. I was like, I'm gonna go reread the rules for Terraforming Mars. I don't think I'd actually I don't ever, think you'd ever read them. the rule yeah. book. So that morning beforehand I was like, Better read the rules for Terraforming Mars. I mean I've been playing the game for two years, but yeah. I think I'll go read the rule book now because i 'cause I'm gonna teach it to some strangers. So Eh. I'm just lazy. Mo teaches the games. <laughs> it's not and lazy. then I and then I play the games and I catch uh, you forgot that one rule. Yeah. Or I help explain it to people. It's
1: you, you don't need to learn the rules because I do.
2: Right. That's what how we keep works. you for. <laughs> That's how it
1: works. Uh, so that wrapped up. Lots of people saying goodbye. Um, I was impressed by how quick everyone seemed to wrap everything up. Like the the people, the organizers there at the end, really nailed quick wrap-up. Like by the time Phil's game was done, the other room was already turning into a banquet hall with like fancy tables out and stuff, which was pretty impressive. And then uh, we headed to a Buffalo staple, one of one of the other things that you're supposed to do when you're in Buffalo, and that is to have chicken wings from a place called Duff's. Uh, Duff's is the chicken wing place. Uh, we went to Duff's. There was a large group of us. Uh, Duff's does not take reservations and refuses to see people until your whole party is there. So That was a little interesting because we didn't know exactly how many people were going to show up, but we did manage. We did have a couple people, unfortunately, that had to sit at the other end of the restaurant. The main group was at one table, and then another small offsuit was in another table so not perfect and well I got to try real buffalo wings um very reasonably priced sold in sets of 510 or uh was it like a bucket of something it was strongly recommended to only buy buy 10 and get maybe an appetizer or, or um fries Uh, We had to get pizza logs. That's something Sean will probably remember from last year because I was kind of missing the pizza logs because we weren't at the hotel with pizza logs. So I got pizza logs. Uh, Jerry got some cheese steaks. We all shared those. And we got wings. Uh, They were good. I'm not a huge wing fan. For wings, they were pretty damn good. I will admit they weren't, like, amazing. So, like, if I had a checklist of next time I go to QCC, here's the things I have to do, I totally got to go back to Lenovo Pizza. Bagel J's is on the list. Duff's, eh. If everyone's going, I'll go. It was okay. Um, I there were people there raving. I know Eric Simon was actually really impressed by the hot wings. I thought they were alright. Um, there is something they do different than say here in Windsor. Like they do do something. They're rather large wings. Uh, there's a ton of sauce. That's definitely something. It's almost soup-like at times.
2: Jerry suggested getting them crispy. Yeah. I've decided all wings must be crispy now. I actually like them, and I don't like wings. So I would in no way go out of my way to go back to Duff's again, because I don't want to eat wings. But I would also not be like, oh, you're going there, eh? Hmm. No, because it was good.
1: It was good, yeah. Like I would definitely go again if people were going, but I'm, it's it's not on my must-do-it-every-time-I-go-to-Buffalo.
2: Yeah, it
0: seems like it's a real uh, touristy, touristy sort of, you know, when you go to Buffalo you—you oh, you have to at least once go to Duff's sort of thing.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah I felt it. like we had to try wings, it, buffalo wings. It's a thing, right? Well, from so, Duff's because yes. we had
1: tried them at the the Pearl Street Brewery. Yes, last year. and they were pretty yeah, good.
2: They were okay. Yeah, but uh, you know what? I feel like I'm going to this con as uh, as as a guest, as part of the tabletop Bellhop team. There's an expectation that I show up and run board games, so I need to uh, I need to level up on that. <laughs>
1: So that's something, maybe we can work something out for next year, because that is, um, I'll get to that in a second. Okay, so at this point, we drove home. Uh, wow, that was a crap drive home. That was, that was pretty horrible. I don't know what the hell um, was going on. I don't on. know what was going on on the QEW. Um, Rob and Rachel had the same problem. Like, it took them, I think, five and a half hours to get to Mississauga. <sighs> Like it, it was, it was bad. Um, thankfully we were getting off earlier because we got off at Hamilton off the QEW. So, but it was literally stop and go from, I don't even like from the bridge, like even the bridge, the, the same bridge was half an hour to get across the bridge. And we start going like 80, 90. And then all of a sudden it's just. Ten five maybe get up to sixty now and out then could have got out and walked. Yeah. Um, we pulled off. We, I was low on gas because unfortunately, like I'm in the states, I should buy gas there. It's way cheaper. Trust me, guys, your gas is dirt cheap compared to ours. And uh, Deanna is the one that convinced me, and she was wrong. And I I, I kind of believed her. There should be gas at your duty free. That just seems like it's a that's thing because here a Detroit it's a thing. thing,
0: not an everywhere
1: thing. Yeah. I guess that's a Detroit thing. In Detroit, there's not only gas at the duty free. There's 90 stations around the duty free. Just go to the
2: duty free. We'll get gas. And I'm like, shit. We
1: got to the point where it's like last exit before going to Canada. And we're like, there'll be a place to get gas. There wasn't. So that sucked. Um, We were going to run out of gas. So I literally got to the point where I'm like, I got to move over two lanes, which was not easy to do. And get off on the next exit and hopefully find gas. Because we're at that point that if we stop for half an hour, I might be calling CAA. So we ended up at some way station that was basically like a giant the
2: niagara tourism thing th- yeah was there was massive. this
1: niagara tourism big square yurt thing yeah. with like a huge food court with seven different restaurants in it and whatever i don't know I, it was fine uh we got tim hortons because uh, you know that's what you do um and we killed like half an hour just like on my phone because i was hoping the road would clear up and no. it didn't like, I, I was just hoping that we were in rush hour. So we got home late. Like, we got home at 12.05, and we left at 7. So 8, 9, 10, 11, five hours to drive home for what should have been a three-hour ride.
2: Yeah, because it took us closer to, like, three and a half to get there, minus our, our well, stopping for yeah. the diner and whatever, right? Like, actual driving time. So that was longer than we thought.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a long it was drive fine. It's
2: like, you know, nothing traumatic happened
1: No just, it was just it was not a fun drive. It was no. a stressful drive and well, especially when we were worried we were gonna run out of gas no, that and like, part, that I don't part was know no when fun. the next exit yes. is right when you're sitting there going the gas indicators on and I literally don't know and when I know there's our car is like exit. I'm
2: out of gas, feed me right now. Yeah. I'm not I'm not kidding.
1: Yeah Chrysler, I don't know what you did, but back in the day it would blink when you were down to ten kilometers or less. You got rid of that feature. It should be there still. But anyway, so that's stank. Uh we got home at twelve oh five managed to crash and had to get up at 3 a.m. because we spent uh, 48 hours sharing Prime Day deals to help feed our sleeping. family. Yeah. So, yeah, that part was lousy. So that that was pretty much all of our breakout con... Our breakout con. Sorry, Queen City yeah. Conquest. At least all the games we played, Um, there was something I meant to come back to. It was a suggestion. I need to learn
2: how to run board games You need to learn
1: day. how to run board games. Oh, I don't remember what it was. Oh, someone to teach board games. So... Last year, I don't know, again, that store... Someone mentioned the name, and I already forget. was in Casual the chat. Dragon Casual Dragon
2: Games. Casual Dragon Games. name is Jason.
1: Jason's got this huge selection of games, which is awesome. But he's not facilitating any teaching. Whereas last year, he at least got out and taught a few games. Though I heard he wasn't the best game teacher, but he at least tried. This time, he was literally sitting in the corner playing solo games. Which maybe that's all was expected of him. Which is totally fine. Which is cool, but it just man, it, it could have used someone there to teach games. Now, one of the things that showed up magically partway through the event, so I don't know if someone got access to a printer, were looking for players and looking for teacher. I didn't see looking for teacher, but looking for players. So I started to see looking for player signs. That was awesome. Overall, I did see way more people playing board games than last year, which was cool. There were a lot of people taking advantage of that open gaming area, and I saw a lot of people grabbing games and reading the rule book and trying to figure them out, which was kind of neat to see, but man, I, I realize you got to find a volunteer to do it, but it'd be nice to have someone there running games for you. So. I don't know if you guys want to hook us up with a room as well as a guest badge next year, maybe Deanna and I can run your board game area and I can bring a trunk full of bring, games that we know how to play. I don't
2: know, know about to bringing that many games over the border could get interesting.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about bringing a, bringing a game library over the border, but that was the only thing I saw missing from that. Um, the registration system was fantastic. I love that you had screens that were showing the different events that were going on. That was cool. The books full of games that were still open was brilliant. Saw some really good stuff. Um, just to throw in the uh, the whole, got to say some negative things, right? We had a good time. Um, communication, especially before the con. Uh, there were people showing up who still thought you could buy food tickets. That wasn't communicated very well. Um, there were people at the con that didn't know what time the meals were. That could have been communicated better. Uh, just overall communication. There was a lot of stuff that either I didn't realize. Uh, the fact I didn't know if there were or weren't panels till the last day. Whereas last year, there were panels and no one knew about them. Um
2: yeah, I definitely felt that like they could have done a, a better job of of getting the information out there. Getting, yeah, I, I felt like they didn't even know the answers, let alone communicating them. Um but once we were there, everything was really smooth. Yep. It was well organized and it I didn't have like it was just super fun. Um but prior to that, when you're asking questions leading up going to going to the convention, it would be nice to see answers um publicly. Yeah. loudly. In bold print where everyone can see them and know what the heck's going on.
1: Yeah, there was was some, I'll admit, there was some trepidation going to the con. Now, I realize it's a a new space and a new date. And basically, you rebooted it from scratch, right? And there's growing pains with that. And I do think, and maybe I'm wrong, it did seem like we weren't getting answers because the answers weren't there to be had. But then let us know that. Say, Mm -hmm. you know what? It's our first time at Damon College. Damon College hasn't given us that information yet. We're really sorry. Uh, With the meal plans uh there were two the breakfast meals were canceled because not enough people signed up and i don't think enough people knew how to sign up even the fact the food was under merch made it difficult right if i went to tabletop events there was no obvious way to get food i had to like click on merch which i only knew because someone told me that i wouldn't have known that's where i go to get food well
2: obviously we didn't even do it right yeah obviously
1: i screwed that up right yeah very true very true um, but overall, like the trepidations I had going through the con were mostly unfounded. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like it went way smoother than I thought it was going to. Um, the meal plan seemed to work well, except we screwed up on buying it. Uh, people seemed to do it well.
2: So as you may have sensed the theme, I'm not the biggest people person. And I was a little nervous about sharing a quad in a dorm, but it was actually totally comfy. Yeah, that went uh, well. It was, I loved it. I loved the public spaces. I loved having a room I could go lock myself away in with a desk
1: yeah the uh, dorms were better dorms than i expected great
2: and so so close to be able to actually go yeah, that was awesome from my room to where people were playing you know down the stairs up the stairs over across the parking lot three and a half minutes you know like that was yeah. great
1: well the other thing that was really awesome is where somewhere i could put all my games
2: right i could so go wait i want to play azul let me just go grab it
1: yes exactly right that's the thing that happens at origins right we're at origins i remember at one point with this group of people, right? With Chris going, oh, you want to try Azul, and then having to leave and coming back twenty-five minutes later with Azul all sweaty because I basically jogged to get back in twenty-five minutes. So yeah, the ability to like have the stuff in my room, or even just free parking, is a big bonus. Yep. That's something like if like going to Breakout Con in Toronto costs us over a hundred dollars just to park.
2: Well, we take the train. We don't park.
1: Well, like, like, just but as an example, we would right?
2: never there. Like the fact that we could just jump in our car and go to bagel jay's and it was no big deal yes and the area around there was very uh i don't know it was small town feel the area lots of strip malls it felt like you could easily navigate it i wasn't like oh my god get out the google maps and i don't know if i want to go to this mexican place mo we might get lost
1: yeah it was definitely we were right on a main street literally called main street so uh 68 american so i was about right at about 100 bucks to park in toronto um, Origins was like a hundred and sixty dollars oh, was Twenty five dollars a night to park. Yeah, it was car ridiculous. US, so that that like was that. a huge bonus. Um, overall, I, I did. I liked the venue a lot. Yeah, the yeah. only problem with the venue was the the fact that the party was a twenty minute cab or twenty dollar yep. cab ride. Which,
2: frankly, want to get drunk.
1: Yeah, wanted yeah. to have some beers. <laughs> but there were awesome people who were out doing rides for that, so that worked out better than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. any more yeah, questions from the chat?
0: Oh. A lot, of, uh, a lot of talk about wings and uh, we chatted, uh, talking a little bit about uh, games libraries and how, uh, you know, Breakout used the SDR Order of Gamers uh, inserts in their games and, and things oh, yeah, with, yeah. Uh, with the Breakout games, uh, which really made things so much nicer. Like I know when D and I sat down and played Suburbia, the organizer that they had already set up in the game with that cheat sheet from uh, Esoteric Orders just made it so much yeah. easier. Yeah, it
2: was great because I was... I was like, Sean, this is great. I love Suburbia. This game's great. I will teach it to you. I haven't played it in like two years and actually don't remember any of it. Thank goodness there's a cheat sheet yeah. in yeah. here. Mo remembers all the rules. He don't doesn't well, remember our children's birthdates. You know, something has to give, right? Yeah, but he remembers all so the rules. Stuff. I play them and then I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Right. yeah esoteric order of gamers for anyone who doesn't know that site they are the masters of the the one sheet two sheet rule summaries including like how to teach guides. and that's uh,
0: order of is the way is the actual website
1: yeah they're good board game keeps good but yeah. esoteric order of gamers like does this yeah, for I mean, a the, living you, that's, uh, the BGG stuff is generally
0: this. you know users have put some stuff together and there's you know hit and miss some some are fantastic and some are meh, so much whereas order of gamers just does that i mean that's that's their gig. That's, that's what they do. Well, that wraps up uh, QCC 2019. And that's it for this week's Ask the Bellhop. If you'd like to hear, read more gaming and game night topics like this, be sure to check out the blog at tabletopbellhop.com and click on Gaming Advice, where you'll see plenty of topics answered in blog form.
1: Yeah, if you've got a question for us, be sure to head over to the website, click on Ask the Bellhop, or send an email to questions at tabletopbellhop.com. We keep growing
0: with the support of fans like you, so if you haven't yet, please take a minute to subscribe, like, rate, review, click on the bell, thumbs up, or share to your friends. Wherever and however you find us, you can help us grow.
1: Be sure to sign up to receive Tabletop Bellhop Weekly in your inbox. Once a week, I send out an email recapping all the content we've released in the week previous. Blog posts, new podcast episodes, reviews, and anything else we create. I will note we are a day late this week. It'll be going out tomorrow just with Prime Day and with the con on the weekend. I didn't get a chance to get to it today.
0: You can sign up at newsletter.tabletopbellhop.com or go over to the tabletopbellhop.com webpage and you'll find a spot to subscribe in the sidebar.
1: So, last week I talked a bit about a game called Zentico. This is that abstract strategy game that I think is really cool for playing outdoors because of being made out of PU leather and having uh, components that aren't easily going to get damaged. So, today I don't have time to figure all the details, but I want everyone to know we are going to be doing a giveaway where one of you, one of you anywhere in the world, will be able to win your own copy of Zentico.
0: All right, well, now that con season is over for us, it's going to take a little bit to get back into the groove of things. Watch for this giveaway to launch soon. And now Tabletop Gaming Weekly, where we look back and summarize what's happened since we were last year. What games hit our tabletops?
1: So every week we like to take a look back at the games we played, events we attended, which we just talked about, and any other cool gaming stuff that's going on.
0: You can catch the blog version of this week in review at tabletopbellhop.com under On Our Tabletop.
1: Uh, so besides QCC, I did get in two plays, uh, these, uh, games of Raiders of the North Sea and Horizons. And what was cool about these is I got to play them with three players. Now I just talked all about Raiders of the North Sea and how good it is two players and how I played it with Chris and how we played it at the con. Um, I'm not going to go into it more here. I did play it three players. It's just as good three player. That's all I have to say about that uh horizons though man way better three players than two there's some good reasons for that but because we're running out of time and just spend a ton of time talking about qcc what i'm going to suggest is just head over to the blog and you can read my blog post and my thoughts on both of those games horizons and raiders of the north sea with three players you can
0: find that post over at tabletopbellhop.com under on our tabletop
1: so just a quick look ahead Um, We do have our second event at Easy Mode this Saturday. So any of you listening live who are in the Windsor area, we are going to be at Easy Mode eSports Lounge. Uh, That's going to be this Saturday starting at 5 p.m. going until who knows how late. Um, The other thing is I'm going to be bringing Ghost Stories, which is a wickedly difficult cooperative game, and I'm planning on bringing Bastille from Queen Games. You got anything coming up?
2: Uh, I'm probably gonna bring Terraforming Mars and Rages of the North Sea.
1: Okay, sounds good.
0: Well, I'm hoping to—I'm actually hoping to get uh, DC comic or uh, DC uh, cards back on the table tomorrow. Nice, uh, which will be nice. Uh, but beyond that, this morning I got a notification in my email box saying that Gloomhaven has gone into early access on Steam, mm. and since I never get to play on Fridays with you guys. I ran downstairs and nice. bought it. So I've already uh, spent uh, a stupid number of hours playing Gloomhaven, even though it only came out this morning. <laughs> uh, and there is a chance that we may actually do a little bit of co-team t- uh, up, uh, whereas I'll be streaming with Mo coming in as an audio and or video Uh, head to uh, help teach me Gloomhaven because uh, (laughs) I don't know the cards, and I am playing with a Craigheart, so he at least knows the the card set of that very well. There you go. Uh, My current party is a Craigheart and a uh,
1: Scoundrel. See, we've never even seen the Scoundrel, so if I play with you, I'll get spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but uh... yeah i don't know when we're gonna do this it's something we've been talking about sean just got the game today right so he asked me he's like do you want to live stream this sometime i'm like (laughs) time that's the key word there is that Time problem. It sounds cool. So you might be able to see a different kind of Gloomhaven live stream. Uh we are streaming Gloomhaven live on Fridays though, still, 8 30 p.m. Eastern. Uh though we have dropped talking about it on the show regularly. Uh it is still going on. So if you want to see Kat, Tori, Deanna, and I playing Gloomhaven, tune in Friday nights, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash tabletop bell up.
0: And now, a quick shout-out and a thank you to some of our Patreon backers. Their support helps make this show possible.
1: Joe Swick, thank you. Jeff Seuss, thank you.
2: William Fisher, thank you.
1: Daniel Thomas, thanks for the ride to and from the party Thursday night and for backing our Patreon.
0: P.S. Gouchon, thanks.
1: Well, that was the double bell. That means my shift's coming to an end, and we're gonna have to lock the front doors. So Though the
0: doors to the lobby are closed, you can always find us across the web and social media as Tabletop Bellhop, one word. You can also find us on Board Game Geek as Guild Number Three Three Four Seven. Uh, drop by our website at TabletopBellhop.com for more gaming content.
1: If you like the content we're providing and would like to support our continued efforts, please consider tipping the bellhop at patreon.com forward slash tabletop bellhop. Remember
0: to join us here on Twitch every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern and watch for the Tabletop Bellhop Gaming Podcast to hit your podcatchers and YouTube at 2 a.m. Eastern every Tuesday. You can also catch the Bellhop's Tabletop Twitch Friday nights at 8.30. We mostly play Gloomhaven, but now and then we'll surprise you with something else. Well, that about wraps up the time we have for the show tonight. For those of you here live, thank you for joining us. Hang around, join us in the Pendo suite for the Off the Books After Show. For Tabletop Bellhop Live, I'm Sean.
2: And I'm Deanna.
0: And I'm Mo. Thank you. And game on.